What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Xander Effect. I'm your host, Xander Dames, along with uh, my co-host, uh, actor Jeremy Miller. Jeremy, how's it going today? Doing great, brother. How you doing? Another beautiful day in paradise. It's cooling down finally down here in Southern California, man. Oh, thank God. The only problem is the cooling is coming with some winds, which is going to really complicate these fires, man. Man, speaking of fires, you know, you brought it up and everything. I wanted to give a quick shout out to our co-host, uh, uh, Scott, you know, the Cali kid, Scott Jacobs. Uh, he's, uh, you know, going through it right now with his family up in uh, up in Washington. So our prayers go out to him and his, uh, him and his family right now that, uh, you know, so far they're a mile away from one of the evacuations. Uh, you know, zones in Washington. So, I mean, you know, shout out to you, Scott, and uh, your wife and everybody that's uh, being affected by these fires up in uh, the northern states and down here in Southern California as well. Yeah, we're thinking about you, brother. I hope you guys stay safe. Yep. So, um, but, uh, you know, I mean, we, we got to uh, keep on trucking over here and uh, we got a lot of uh, stuff to cover, uh, you know, today, including in entertainment news. Uh, Keeping Up With The Kardashians is one of two shows that's going to be uh, going off the air. They're, they're doing their final season. We'll talk a little bit about that. In sports, Miles Garrett wants to have a, quote, man-to-man talk uh, with Mason Rudolph. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that and in video game news got a couple of video game topics to talk about uh first uh microsoft finally releases the date and price for its next gen consoles and i'll go ahead and review uh some of the games some of the brand new games that uh, just were released last month we'll talk a little bit about that plus I had the opportunity to uh, speak to actress Cheyenne Hernandez. Uh, She plays the role Gata in the brand new movie, The Tax Collector, starring Shia LaBeouf and George Lopez. We'll talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what she went through. And man, Jeremy, let me tell you, she's got a very uh, interesting story. She uh, was in the United States Army at the age of 16. Tragedy struck, and there's just so much more to the story. So we'll go ahead ahead and uh, check out that interview uh but before we get into all that man let me let me tell you dude like this uh, i uh this week was a it was a very interesting well over the weekend actually i i reconnected with a cousin of mine that i haven't talked to uh in a long time and we just started uh you know kind of you know you know shooting the breeze whatever and uh you know through text and just chatting back and forth and started bringing up a lot of uh old memories and then we got into somehow the topic of dating because she's like, I, I got to tell you, man, my cousin, I haven't, uh, you know, in, in high school, she was uh, she was like the wild child. You know, she was the one that kind of introduced me to uh, to certain uh, recreational activities. And uh, she's like, you know, she was like 
the most popular girl in school, one of the hottest girls in schools, all this good stuff. And I was just kind of like, I was just kind of like right there on the sidelines, just looking away like I like I've always had. And, um, you know, we got into the whole like subject of dating because now she's married. You know, she's got a kid and everything that's like now 15. And, uh, you know, she's changed a lot. She's changed a lot. And um, as we do. <laughs> yeah. You know, as, as we all do. And uh, but I you know, it's funny because I just told her, you know, that I still was in the same rut, you know, and, and it's just it's just tough to date. It's just tough to date nowadays, uh, especially nowadays with the coronavirus it's it's difficult to date with the coronavirus you know because i mean in, in a sense it's a good thing in a sense it's a bad thing and i told her i was like well uh, the cool thing about masks is that nobody gets to see my full face until it's too late. <laughs> until it's it is it is my favorite thing about you wearing a mask. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. So it's 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 you know until until you know until we're in, you know intimate and then finally the mask comes off. I was like, oh my god, I didn't I didn't think that your lower half looked like that. What's the matter with you? Well, you hope the mask comes off. I mean, <laughs> things keep getting worse. We're going to be looking at the 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 naked gun full body profile. <laughs> oh, that's just so bad. That's just so bad. I mean, I had. Uh, I. It's so funny because I had. Uh, I had this one. Uh, uh, this one girl that, uh, that we were just talking, and she's like, and she's she sent me an article uh, that was on CNN about people uh, having sex with their mask on, and I'm like, I, I can't. <laughs> No effing way that's gonna happen. I mean, I joke about it, but there's no way that's gonna happen. Because I mean, in, in, you know, when it comes to being intimate, kissing is always very intimate for me. You know, I, like I have to kiss. There's, it's just if it, if it, if there's no kissing, there's just no passion involved. And like wearing a mask, I, I would, while you're I would agree. I would agree completely. I'll, I'll even throw it out there like this: It has been long known in countries that have legalized prostitution that kissing is generally forbidden completely off limits why because because it signifies a level of intimacy even beyond the fact that you are having sex with somebody it's in france and italy and a lot of the places where it's been considered acceptable for years that's something that you you either have to pay extremely higher for or is completely forbidden and no prostitute will do it because like you just said that is a higher level of intimacy um yeah it's just something that's been well known about those countries and that industry for a long time yeah I can't do it. <laughs> there's, just, there's just no way. There's no way. And you know, it's funny because a lot of other, a lot of, uh, you know, the women that I've spoken to in my life, they also have uh, expressed that as well, saying that uh, that they can't really uh, kiss when they're intimate with a man because, it's, like you said, it's it's more personal. They, they say, it, I'm like, y'all have been watching Pretty Woman way too much. <laughs> You need to stop watching Pretty Woman. You know, that was that was her, okay? Just, you no, know, stop. Um, I don't know. I mean, to me, like, kissing is just part of the passion. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, something that's more intimate or not. I just I, I need I need to have it. It's it, it's got to be it's got to be there. Otherwise, there's just, it's just dry. I mean, I tried it once. And it was like I was just going with the through the motions, literally through the motions. And I'm like, dude, this 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 sucks. 
I don't like it. <laughs> I just I just don't like it. It's it's not good for I, me. So I can understand that. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, like I said, going back to the whole dating thing, it's it's really uh, it's it's kind of difficult. You know, Corona Corona is definitely cock blocking. That's for damn sure. Um, so it, it and it kind of sucks. But I mean, it's not like my dating life was any it was any better beforehand as it was. You know, I mean, I'm like I'm like Chandler from Friends when he made the comment is that my whole you know like when they were in that lesbian wedding and Joey, <laughs> Joey made the comment about how you know it's like all these women and nothing and he's like well welcome to my world my whole my whole world is a lesbian wedding so <laughs> that's me right there in a nutshell my the whole world is a lesbian wedding for me so at least to, at least towards the women that I'm interested in you know the women that I'm not interested in, in you know obviously that's 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 just the way it goes I guess I, I have no idea but uh, it doesn't get any better when you get older. So, Jeremy, consider yourself lucky that you found someone. Because oh, it- I every day count my blessings. I certainly, <clears throat> I would not want to be in this mess we are all in now, trying to find that right someone. Um, you know, this is this is a nightmare. And as you said, getting older, dating definitely gets tougher. And um, I don't know. I think people people's standards get higher. You know, I mean, that's yours. Get everybody. You realize what you want as you get older and what you're not willing to put up with anymore. So uh, I think things definitely get more complicated. I hate I hate getting older for so many reasons. And the other thing too about like dating when you're older is like you can't date too young because then you're considered a weirdo. Uh, you can't date too old because then you're like, well, are we going to have kids or not? You're, that's, that's still a question up in the air too. Uh, you can't date when you're like right at that age because that age is, you know, it's just, again, it brings back the whole children factor at this point. So it's just, it's kind of a lose-lose right now. It's it, There's no way really to go, but just to let it, you know, flow and see what happens. I mean, at this point, it's just a crapshoot, so. Well, it's pretty much all of life, brother. I mean, that's, that's the best advice for all of life anyway, is we're all just along for the ride, man. When we go searching for it, when we're constantly focused on it, it doesn't come. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll tell you one thing right now. This this pandemic, yeah, it's it's regrown my virginity. <laughs> it has totally regrown my virginity. So, we'll just we'll just leave it at that. Um so going into other uh, other aspects of life, man. I mean, thank God. I could tell you were comfortable with the conversation. Um, you know, I actually, uh, you brought up a subject before we before we got on the air here. Uh, you found something very interesting right now, especially in these times of uh, of uh, racial inequality uh, and and you know uh, what's going on with with law enforcement officials and and everything. You found an interesting story. I found a great story. I love little bits of uplifting things like this, especially when. The news media on all sides tends to only focus on the negative. So this actually came out of the Miami Herald and basically a former MP in the military who's also now a nurse, 
fully upstanding citizen, black man, was out jogging in, in Florida, and he fit the description of a burglary suspect. He was out jogging, he had a white tank top and black shorts, and a goatee. Well, that's basically the description they got of the burglary suspect. So the cops approached him, they were very professional, everything was above board from the beginning. Now given, with everything that's been going on, this man, as he's being approached, began to stream on live on uh, stream live on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And you can actually see the video, and he looks right into the camera, and he says, hey guys, if anything happens to me, y'all better be raising hell. <laughs> nice. it's, it's a nice little levity moment, but you know, he, he completely cooperates. The cops are totally above board. They handle it completely professionally. They explain to him, sir, we are not arresting you. You do fit the description of a burglary suspect we have. We have to make sure you are not the same person. We're going to handcuff you. You are not under arrest. We are not putting you in the car. We are not doing anything but detaining you till we can verify who you are. The guy is completely above board the whole time with them. In fact, one of the officers, as they're beginning to cuff him, actually asks, would you like me to take your phone and continue filming for you? Wow. And the guy says, yeah, that'd be awesome. Thanks. That was really nice of him. So the cop takes the phone for him and continues filming. They go about their business. It all wraps up. They find out he's not the suspect. They allow him on his way. Now, the update to that is the sheriff of this county. It's uh, Volusui. I don't even know how to pronounce this. uh, Volusia County. Um, Sheriff Mike Chitwood. This is in Florida was in Florida, was so impressed with how Griffin handled things and how above board everything went, he has actually invited um, Mr. Griffin, who was the person detained, they've invited him to come and actually speak to his officers about bias training and to tell the story of how this incident went down from his perspective. He believes his officers can learn something from that not only that but he has offered him a job he basically told him flat out you know if you ever want to get back into law enforcement we would hire you as a deputy in a heartbeat wow Wow. so it's just one of those little uplifting stories it's good to see the police officers handling it professionally and above board as they should and truthfully as most police officers do unfortunately we have a lot of bad apples and those are the ones that get all the press so i like seeing something that goes well i like seeing the suspect you know the the man who was detained as a possible suspect Mm -hmm. you know keeping his composure staying respectful doing what you should do in a stop situation and it all working out the way it should the officers were in no way racist towards this man or treating him poorly or in any way you wouldn't expect them to treat any suspect any possible suspect it was a really cool little video to watch and you know in this time where everything you hear is negative the cops do nothing right or the people are doing nothing right you know it's just good to, good somebody was focusing on uh, the way it should be 
Wow, that's really cool. I mean, you know, it's it's you're right. It is it is really awesome to hear you know positive stories like that with so much negativity going on and the focus being on that negativity. It's it's good to hear stories like these. And and I mean, I'm surprised this is, hasn't made you know national headlines because it doesn't. It doesn't shock me at all that it doesn't make national headlines because it's not the negative. It's not the clickbait that's going to get a thousand people to, you know, click on this in a heartbeat. It, it's the unfortunate reality of our media today. Yeah, well, we're not like that. <laughs> that's that's the that's you know I mean we're we're we got, got enough negative going on in our lives. I like the positive right, things. right. That's what I'm saying, dude. I mean, you know, look at my negative dating. So <laughs> coming up next in entertainment news, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. So we'll go into that. But first, here is Annalise Hoveda's breakaway right here on the Sander Effect. Control when I can't breathe, think I even feel my heartbeat. Something deep inside of me, a rush of energy comes over me. You might think you got me trapped inside a cage, but I am gonna break away. Conquer every land 
yourselves. This is your boy Twizzle Way Peace. And guess what? You're listening to that super saucy show known as The Xander Effect. So make sure you tune in, turn up, and turn out for my boy Xander. You feel me? The Xander Effect. You did.
Douglas Twism White Pieces Overdose right here on the Xander Effect. In and well, actually, uh, before we get into entertainment news, I got a little uh, obscure news that uh, <laughs> that we could go ahead and chat about. Um, this is coming from uh, TMZ. The this is the source comes from TMZ, and the, it's entitled "Snake versus Snake: Python Python Bites Man's Penis While He Sat on the Toilet." Okay, see, this is just Ow. like my nightmare. Ow. Ow. I just, I mean, it was an 18 year old man in Thailand uh, who apparently, um, you know, uh, encountered a four foot long snake that was basically uh, um, having a very intimate uh, relationship with, uh, you know, his other snake. <laughs> For lack of a better word. I mean, apparently the the, the, the kid's okay. Everything was fine. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's going to... In your opinion. I mean, he, he's going to he. I think he might have a different <laughs> opinion. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe he, you know, decided to sing Sopranos shortly after that. Because, ow, that's... Hmm. Yeah, that's that. I can't even. That's 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 a tough one. I have. I'll admit this. Uh, ever since I don't know, ten years ago, I saw a story, and it was them literally pulling this rattlesnake out of a toilet that had been curled up uh, under the rim of the toilet. Oh my god! I haven't sat down without thoroughly examining a toilet in 10 years of seeing that since seeing that news story so yeah this is this is like my nightmare dude it's so crazy because in the article it says quote not shockingly uh the the man the the young man's name is uh seraphop uh masukarat and uh seraphop apparently jumped up quote jumped up and ran for his life with his pants around his ankles. <laughs> Sounds like a perfectly natural reaction to me. <laughs> and luckily, well, he still had the snake attached to him when he ran up. <laughs> what a what an image. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you imagine seeing this oh guy running down the block <laughs> with a four foot. Well, I mean, you know, they're and screaming at the same time. I mean, you know, it's like, what's going on? And it says, um, <laughs> it says, quote, the snake let go, but it left a seriously bloody mess. No oh my, shit. dude, pythons have fangs. Oh okay, Lord. now I, I've, I've owned snakes. I've owned, you know, snakes for many years. I've been bitten many times by my snakes boa constrictors although it hurts not a big deal when you get bit they have tiny teeth that are made just for gripping it doesn't do much it can break it does it doesn't i mean it's freaky but it breaks the skin a little it's not a big deal but a python actually has fangs i'm talking Mm -hmm. like inch long fangs Mm -hmm. that insert completely so this is not some little bite we're talking about. Oh no! I mean, this man had inch and a half fangs inserted into his. Owie, penis. owie, <laughs> ouchie! Um, it, it, but oh my god, it did. It gets worse. Um, <laughs> hey, excuse article, me. <laughs> the article, yeah, it gets just a little worse than that. Um, 
the article continued on to say, quote, the young man said as soon as the snake let go, blood sprayed everywhere. His mom tried to calm him down, uh, tried to calm him until paramedics arrived and took him to the hospital. He needed three stitches on the tip of his, dear God, you get the picture. <laughs> the way they wrote this was like, what the hell? <laughs> So um yeah that's that story <laughs> Like I said I can only imagine that the blood spurted like that can you imagine the hole oh, that so an in- No that I don't want to imagine that I really two don't want to inch and a half fangs would leave uh, I mean whoa dude it just you know I mean then afterward you know having to go ahead and and pee after that I mean you know pee would just be spraying oh, all over the place oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's just we're, we could just go keep on going deeper and deeper on this one. Let's not. We'll, we'll, leave, that one, we'll leave that one alone for now. In, in entertainment news, um, keeping up with the Kardashians is ending after 20 seasons on E. Apparently, the decision came uh, from. You know, pretty much the Kardashian Jenner family, and uh, it was a it was a joint statement that was signed by Kris Jenner, Kourtney Kardashian, Kim Kardashian West, Khloe Kardashian, Rob Kardashian, Kendall Jenner, Kylie Jenner, and Scott Disick, and uh, it basically you know it, they said quote it is with heavy hearts that we say goodbye to keeping up with the Kardashians after what will be 14 years 20 seasons hundreds of episodes and several spin-off shows we've decided as a family to end this very special journey we are beyond grateful to all of you who watched us for all these years through the good times the bad times the happiness the tears and the many relationships and children will forever cherish the wonderful memories and countless people we've met along the way so uh, a lot of fans are going to be very uh, disappointed with uh, with that um, you know the family also thanked uh, the production team at Bunham Murray and Ryan Seacrest and uh, yeah I mean you know they're they're saying goodbye uh, to to the series which uh you know, dear God, what are they going to do with their lives now? Um, <laughs> he said, I, I'm, I'm trying to be as nice as I can, but uh, he said sarcastically, but truthfully, um, I couldn't be happier to hear this. And uh, I'm of the opinion that that show is honestly a marker of the decline of Western civilization. Um, no, really, tell me how you really feel. Like, and, hold back. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's literally you just took one of the most dysfunctional, maladjusted families in the wor- world and put them on television, and that was what was considered entertainment. It the reality show helped kill, you know, modern TV shows. Modern it it, it is only just now starting to make a comeback. Mm-hmm. People are only just now starting to tire of this reality stuff. Um, well, yeah, because we get enough of it on the in the news media. Well, yeah, but it's only <laughs> now just starting. I mean, we went through a period of 15 years where 
you couldn't get good scripts made into TV shows because no one wanted to buy them. They all wanted the next Kardashians. They all wanted the next reality BS. And yeah, it made money. It was all business, and I understand that. But there's no creative anything to that. There was no real artistic value at all. And, you know, I'm for me, as an entertainment standpoint, I was... I didn't watch it. I thought the clips were pretty inane. And, you know, I'm glad people, you know, it helped them pass the time. But Mm -hmm. I'm a fan of television. I'm a fan of great writing, great acting. And reality just doesn't, you know, I, for the most part, the only reality shows I watch are cooking competitions and things like that. I don't, I, I like creative films and TV and shows and I, I don't feel you get that at all from reality. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. I, I personally uh, never really watched an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians simply because it's just not my 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 style. I'm not really into that type of uh, reality show. I, I, I barely even watch the real world. Uh, the only real real world uh, uh, you know series that I watched was Real World Seattle. Um, that was the only one, and Las Vegas. Those are the only two that I really watched. But I never really uh, you know as far as these other reality shows, I never really got into it. I mean there. Was was a small time in my life where I was into it, but you know, I I grew out of that, and um, you know, I started watching. I mean, th- I guess what you might say the closest to a reality show that I watched recently has been like the Deadliest Catch. Uh, those those types of shows really interest me, uh, mm-hmm. or or uh, you know the 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 um, Scared Straight. You know, I mean, you wouldn't call it. I, I, I don't know if you would call that really reality shows. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, something like that. Those are the ones that kind of interest me a little bit. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I, I never really ne- didn't get into uh, keeping up with the Kardashians for the life of me. Or, uh, you know, I have I have uh, friends of mine that watch Vanderpump Rules, things like that. And those shows, they just don't do it for me. I don't know why. It just, it just doesn't, uh, I guess... You know, watching rich people having rich people problems really doesn't appeal to me. (laughs) It doesn't really interest me that much as well. Like I said, when I'm looking for my entertainment, I'm definitely looking elsewhere. As you said, I I never got into... you know, real world. I never got into any of that stuff. My friends were, especially first season, you know, I was just after high school and... I had a lot of friends that were into it. I gave it a shot a couple times. Again, it just didn't really interest me. It wasn't my, you know, my cup of tea. I mean, you know, it, it was a long time. I mean, that series lasted like for years. We watched all of them grow. And I use that term very loosely. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it looks like that one's uh, coming to an end. Another uh, series is actually coming to an end. And I know a lot of people are going to be disappointed about this one is The Walking Dead is actually ending uh, after season 11. And uh, by the looks of it, it's it's in its final season, uh, but it's going to consist of 24 episodes, uh, which are going to air over the course of two years. And then it'll finally be concluded in uh, 2022. But AMC has also uh, greenlit a spinoff series that is going to be focused on the characters Daryl Dixon and Carol uh, Palladier. So they're they're going to have uh, the Car- the Daryl and Carol spinoff, and so that's that's going to be set to premiere in 2023. Now, I know, like I said, I know for a fact, because, I mean, again, 
this is another show that I I really wasn't able to get into, and people are shocked when I tell them this. I'm like, I'm sorry, but there's it, this. I I don't know. I mean, you know, a post-apocalyptic. You know, uh, you know, time with uh, with zombies, uh, zombie apocalypse type of thing. It just, you know, that that's that's called 2020. <laughs> <laughs> well, what people didn't realize is the show was just prepping us. Um, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, if you really want something that that pretty much prepped us, you're talking about Mad Max type stuff. That's oh, what's yeah. really prepping us. Well, I'll tell you, I was a I was a big fan of Walking Dead. They lost me after about the seventh season um which is rather common for shows like that uh i know they kept the majority of their fan base for these last shows but you can tell from online comments on the kind of vibe online when new episodes are released that it doesn't have the you know the crazy draw that it once did um it was a great show it really was it had a really unique point of view and it really had some great performances but again it's one of those shows that I think has dragged on too long Mm -hmm. Um, as brilliant as it truly was they seem to have kind of lost their way in my opinion these last you know couple of seasons and uh, yeah it's good to see that they're going to be wrapping it up Um, Daryl is of course one of the most popular characters that the show created and has maintained that popularity. So, of course, if they're going to do anything, it makes sense to have his character be a focal point in whatever they're moving forward with. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear it because I don't like seeing something that really was brilliant just run itself into the ground. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was going to ask you, I, what, what are your thoughts on shows going you know, past their, their real expiration date. I mean, do you think that they should just, you know, cut it off after a certain point or just keep on beating on a dead horse? Well, you know, I can't say what's right for anybody else. I mean, that's the truth. If, if we had gotten an eighth season of Growing Pains, it would not have been a great season. Mm-hmm. Our producers, our main producers and main writers all left the show after the sixth season Mm -hmm. we had a whole new staff of writers a whole new executive producer um this was a gentleman who was brought in basically to kill every show uh i don't mean it like they they really intentionally did it but this was the guy that they brought in when things were dying he was the executive producer on the last few years of MASH and a bunch of other shit. He was, he was the guy they brought in when you were on your deathbed. He was the show killer. He was, he was the uh, Dr. Kevorkian of, of sitcoms. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it wasn't, I don't think it was intentional, but it was, I don't know, whether they just saw that it wasn't going anywhere, so they put him in, I don't know. Um, but the storylines were pretty poor that seventh season. We were rehashing a lot of stuff. But I can also tell you, at that point, all all of us would have done one more season. Um, we didn't feel we were done, even though we weren't as proud of the episodes that last year. And we weren't. I mean, it was a general feeling amongst the entire cast. We were not real pleased with that last season at all. Um, but I can tell you that in that time we all probably would have taken an eighth season. 
So do I have a lot of respect for people who have the ability to walk away from that success and, you know, walk away at the high point? I do. Um, you know, anybody who can look at it and go, this is as good as we're going to get and I don't want it to fall apart and walk away. That takes a lot of willpower and, you know, a lot of determination because you're talking about some pretty big figures and um, a certain amount of consistency and stability in your life. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, you know, uh, with with uh, with growing pains, I got to tell you that um, you and Ashley both got both got the the you know the ass end of that stick because I mean we watched we watched you know Kirk and Tracy grow up, you know their characters grow up on the show. You know, I felt that I felt that uh, you know Ben and his little sister they needed they needed some spotlight too as as far as them growing up as well. I mean that that was that's the way I looked at it. And I'm like, dude, you didn't get enough time with that. Well, I think unfortunately ABC was stuck in a mindset at that point, and they looked at the show in terms of what worked and we had to stay on that path. I think had they focused more on Chrissy and Ben in that seventh season and done a little bit more with their characters, they actually could have steered the show in a slightly different direction and kept it fresh. Mm -hmm. Instead, they brought on Leo trying to recreate a Kirk character. Mm -hmm. Because Kirk had moved on and had decided he didn't want to be the, you know, rambunctious Hellraiser anymore. He wanted Mike's character to, you know, start growing up. So instead of having me fill that role or I was going to say, on, I was going to say you should have been, if anybody, well, you should have been the one to fill that role. This is just how it went. Unfortunately, ABC didn't have much faith in me um, at the time. And I did pay attention to these things. The numbers didn't back up the fact that they didn't you know have much faith in my character uh the episodes that focused around ben in the sixth and seventh season were the highest rated episodes of the season every time they did one about my character specifically it was one of our higher rated episodes of those seasons yeah, but, can, a, uh, but abc wasn't looking at those numbers they were looking at you know they still in their eyes kirk was still the center of the show and they had to find another kirk and that, that didn't make any sense because i mean uh, you know i mean at the end of the day it was it was all about you know, out with the old, in with the new, and you were the new at that time. And I mean, that's I, I could totally agree with you that uh, people wanted to see Ben grow. They had seen Ben grow through all these these seasons, these episodes. They saw him go from from being a kid to being a preteen to being a teenager, and. You know, personally, we wanted to see more. We wanted to see exactly where he was going to go from there, how he was going to grow up to be in college. Well, I think know, it would have definitely yeah. made a I think it would have given us a fresh take on the show had they done that. You could have refocused the show in that way, kind of on the younger characters and what they're doing now um, and could have given the show a little bit of a new direction that could have kept it fresh. Would it have worked? I don't know, but they could have gone that direction and they chose not to. So 
it well, is what I- it is. And but I can tell you that we would have every one of us would have accepted an eighth season at that point. Well, I gotta tell you one thing. They they ever decide to do a reboot, and trust me, us fans are asking for a reboot of Growing Pains because we got gypped. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. The fans got gypped, man. We're looking, we want a reboot, damn it. <laughs> they have dude, they're having a reboot of Golden Girls, for God's sake. Hey brother, I mean, you, you know I tried, you know I did. I put seven months in putting together uh, just an incredible script. You know, we had the first six episodes written. We had a we had everything, and unfortunately, Warner Brothers does not have any interest in hearing any outside projects on it. They say they have their own idea of what they want to do with it if they do move forward, and that's it. So, I have no idea what's going on or if we'll get that opportunity. Well, I guess, uh, you know, only time will tell, and we just got to go ahead and wait to see what happens. But uh, in other entertainment news, uh, Jillian Michaels uh, says that she had COVID-19 and she got it from going to a public gym. Apparently, uh, she went ahead and uh, went on Fox News and talked about a little bit about that, how basically, it, it, you know, she got it within an hour. Um, and she, apparently she was able to pinpoint uh, when she was actually able to, uh, you know, w- when she got it, like around when she got it. And basically it's just, you know, giving people warnings that it could happen. You know, it could happen, you know, very easily. Uh, she says she let her guard down for one hour and that's all it, w- it took for her to get COVID-19. And is basically is warning people to, you know, warning people when they go back to the gym just be careful going back um well it's good to have some it's good to have some real (laughs) quality information coming out of her (laughs) um i mean she wasn't the only she wasn't the only physical uh guru i guess or 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 person that's uh you know an athlete that uh that got uh covid19 obviously we all know that dwayne the rock johnson and his family also got it too so yeah, it's- dude, virus is no respecter of people. It doesn't care what you are, who you are. I mean, we've had some of the most highly or trained. Or not? Yep, yeah, we've had some of the most highly trained athletes in the world who've come down with COVID, you know, and been really affected by it. I mean, baseball players, football players, tennis players, soccer players. I mean, these are some of the most highly conditioned, highly trained, most physically well tuned people in the world. It does not respect any of that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and I mean, the only good thing about that is that, you know, some of these athletes are able to, are able to uh, get better faster because obviously, you know, I mean, well, obviously, you know, Jillian and, and Dwayne, they both have enough money for the best care and the best medical medicine, everything, uh, you know, so it's easier for them to go ahead and and uh, get well from from this uh, virus. But, man, I mean, you know, it definitely takes a toll on the re- on the rest of the populace. It and- absolutely does. And, you know, as we've said, even though people may recover quickly or not suffer really serious symptoms, again, they're just now finding out about long-term damage, Mm -hmm. you know, and even when you didn't experience the worst of the virus now, they're still seeing possible heart and lung and other damage down the line. So we have no idea the effects this is going to have 10 years from now. 
And the, and I mean, there, there have been even more reports that have come out that have suggested that uh, there is long-term damage, but it heals. It just takes all years for it to heal. Like I said, it's so, gonna be we're gonna be ten years of looking at the effects of this before we really understand it. Man, this this is just this is just crazy. Well, hopefully, you know, hopefully we'll we'll see it through. Uh, you know, I mean, there's a alleged vaccine coming out uh, sometime this year, so we'll see what happens with that. You know, hopefully, hopefully things will start getting better before they get worse. Here's hoping for that. Uh, in other entertainment news, I had the opportunity to interview uh, one of the actresses of the very popular, uh, you know, mo- a very popular movie that's out right now. It's called The Tax Collector, starring Shia LaBeouf and uh, George Lopez. And uh, one of the one of the characters in there, her name is Gata, uh, played by actress Cheyenne Hernandez, and uh, she's a very like apparently she's a very ruthless uh, character. Very uh, she's she's in to martial arts she's a she's a killer she's a she's a killer in the movie and uh, she talks a little bit about her character plus she talks about uh how she was in the military at the age of 16 uh, and then she uh, went through some crazy crazy uh tragedies in her life uh you know stemming from uh an accident that that cost the life the lives actually of her two brothers uh and then you know which led to her being you know in a suicide state of mind uh and and it just the the interview was was uh it was a very interesting interview to say the least but you don't have to take my word for it you know go ahead and check it out but first here is jp castillo's reemplazo right here on the Xander effect Pasas hablando de mí Diciendo que sin ti no soy feliz Me dicen que solo hablas de mí Parece que eres tú la que no olvidas Pues baby cuando tú te acuerdes de mí Espero que recuerde las veces que rico te di Y baby cuando tú te acuerdes de mí Recuerda que te dije, verás como te reemplazo Te crees que porque ya no estás voy a sufrir Te crees que porque ya no estás voy a morirme Ahora es que yo voy a empezar a vivir Todo me va mejor desde que tú te fuiste Me paso con mujeres todo el fin de semana Si yo te di lo que tú querías, entonces pa' qué tú me llamas no te quiero en mi cama, no, no digas que me amas, que eso ni tú misma te lo crees, por favor deja el drama, ahora me la vivo gastando mi ticket, mi VIP, mujer y botellas, yo ya salí de mi estorbo, nada a mí me atropella, me paso con esta, la otra, la amiga y aquella, y toditas son bellas, pero la que se crezca como te la dios en la estrella, no estoy pa' compromisos ni pa' enamorarme, por fin salí de ti, quisiste engañarme. Ahora yo me disfruto la vida y perdona que así me despida. Pero por donde mismo tú entraste, por ahí mismo encontrar la salida. ¿Te crees que porque ya no estás voy a sufrir? ¿Te crees que porque ya no estás voy a morirme? Ahora es que yo voy a empezar a vivir. 
tus malas intenciones No me importan ni tus opiniones Yo estoy bien sin ti, no te emociones Que tú no me haces falta Tú con lo mismo me harta Si te jugaste las cartas Ahora mi ausencia resalta Pues entonces tuvistes que aprender Chocando con la pared Yo te di todo y de ti todo fue al revés Ahora te duele cuando me ves con dos o tres pero baby esta vez yo no estoy pa' compromisos ni pa' enamorarme Por fin salí de ti, quisiste engañarme Ahora yo me disfruto la vida y perdona que así me despida Pero por donde mismo tú entraste, por ahí mismo encontrar la salida ¿Te crees que porque ya no estás voy a sufrir? ¿Te crees que porque ya no estás voy a morirme? Effect. I have actress Cheyenne Hernandez right here. Cheyenne, how you doing? Hi, I'm good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. You know, it's another wonderful day in my neighborhood. So, you know, you're one of the actresses on a very incredible movie called The Tax Collector starring Shia LaBeouf and George Lopez. I mean, that's huge. Okay. I mean, the movie, I, I, I saw, I saw the trailer for it and wow, that looks absolutely incredible. Oh yeah. It, it's, it was a crazy movie to make and it's crazy to watch it too. Uh, it, it was epic. Well, I mean, before we get into that one, I mean, I got to ask you, I mean, you've been in the industry for a little bit now, uh, but I got to tell you, I mean, when I, when I read your story, uh, because, because uh, someone said you have to read uh, this young lady's story, and when I read it, I was like, wow, this is incredible. You, you, you start off, I mean, you were born in El Paso, Texas, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, at 16, uh, you enlisted into the U.S. Army. I mean, at 16, that, that, I, I mean, isn't that ROTC? That's not U.S. Army. That's ROTC, right? Uh, so I was an ROTC. And so when you're, uh, when you want to enlist in the military, it's called the Future Soldiers Program, I think. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, you pretty much go and you start training, even though you're still in high school, you start training with the recruiters. They get up before school with you. They train with you and you sign certain things that are saying you are going to go into the military. And so I, I can't remember. I, I think I was still 16 the first time I swore in. And then the second time I swore in, I was 17 and then left for the military once I graduated high school. Um, but with that future soldiers program, I was pretty much like locked in. All I had to do is the, the final swear in, um, when I was 16. Wow. And then of course, uh, in the midst of all that, uh, tragedy actually struck as you had a major loss in your family. Uh, you had, uh, you had your brothers actually, uh, pass away. Um, yes, uh, they were both killed by a, a drunk driver and it was the, the worst thing that's ever happened to me. 
um, by a long shot. Um, and Isaiah, he was, so by blood, they were actually my cousins, but the way we were raised, they were my brothers. Like they're just, they've always been my brothers. I will always know them as my brothers. My mom um, had me, my mom and dad had me when they were still teenagers. Mm -hmm. So they were kind of like my siblings, uh, my mom and dad. And my mom's sister, she, she had, she was pregnant with Isaiah at the same time my mom was pregnant with me. So when they had us, it was just like we were raised as a litter, you know, by the same people. And it was just like everyone kind of worked together for us. And it was just, we were, I was Cheyenne and the boys, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they were all I knew, you know, especially me being an only child from my, my extremely young parents. They were just, they were my everything. So Isaiah was trying to get stationed with me. I had enlisted and Isaiah still had one more year left of high school. So he had to wait. And um, then he enlisted in the military and he was two weeks away from leaving to basic training when he was killed. And so it was like, it was just, he never got to live out our dreams. Like we had the same dreams. We were going to be in the military. We were going to, um, we were going to act together. We were going to move to LA and we, we knew exactly what we were going to do. One day we were going to have kids and they were all going to hang out. Like, it's like our life was planned. And when they were killed, it was just, everything was over. Everything was just changed. Yeah, I don't even, I mean, like, to this day, I don't think I want kids because it's like that this guy that killed them, that's what he took. He took our lives. You know, he, he took my whole family's life, essentially. Like, I don't, I don't have the same plans. You know, I, I don't think I want kids. I don't, um, it's, it's all just shattered, you know? No, I understand that. I mean, you know, uh, going through that must be must have been incredibly traumatic for you. And so traumatic to the point that you actually uh, made two suicide attempts, uh, you know, because of of that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I I was pretty bad for a while. Um, And then the army, the army, they have a way of saying, like, here, just cover it up. So they give you medication. Mm. And. So they gave me a lot of medication for a while. I took it, but I was just a zombie. I mean, I wasn't myself at all. I went back and I was like, look, I, I, I was like, I feel like I'm a zombie. I, I, I'm not me. I'm not living. I feel like I'm just existing. And they were like, well, we don't know what you're going to do. So you can't get off the meds. And I wound up quitting cold Turkey, which you can die from um, mm-hmm. quitting Lexapro and Topamax mm-hmm. like that. Cause I was on really high doses. Um, so I quit, lost a lot of weight, got really, really sick. Um, and yeah, it was pretty bad for a while. And then once I got out of the military, um, it was just that that moment of what, what am I going to do now? Am I going to keep my promise to my brother uh, and live out our lives um, for, for all of us? Or am I going to wither away? I realized that if they were looking down on me, they were really disappointed in me. And that was like a knife to the heart to just think that if they're watching me, you know, they they would be slapping me right now. And so it was literally one day to the next, I just packed up everything. Um, My grandma helped me drive my cat down to El Paso and she watched my cats because I was homeless in a car. So I was living, if I wasn't living out of my car, I was couch surfing with friends um, and I was interning. So I wasn't making any money. Uh, It was just, it was really, really hard for a while. Um, 
But throughout that, it's like I had these little signs that I can only assume. I really do believe that it was my brothers guiding me, especially Isaiah. Um, just sent me little signs saying, just stick with it, just stick with it. And it, it's a phrase that I've heard again and again from people. And it's so when I first I, I was interning at this company and then I met my acting coach and she's her name's Joey Jensen. She's very well established. She's a casting director as well. And she met me and I don't know what it was, but she just said, I see something in you. I think we can make something happen. And she gave me her number. She's uh, just been my mentor. Literally, she did not know me and just became my mentor from one day to the next Mm -hmm. because she saw something in me. And then she introduced me to my manager, Mitchell Gossett, never signs new talent ever. And he just said, it's like, I see something in you. We have to do this. Uh, You're signed. And then met David Ayer. He said the same thing. And so it's like, I think that people are seeing my, my brother's spirits with me, you know, I, for, I don't know what they're seeing otherwise, you know, but it's just, it's, I feel like they're with me, you know? No, that's, and, and you know what? I mean, that's, uh, that's great inspiration to keep on continuing what you want to do in their honor and also for yourself as well. Because from what I understand, you were still actually serving in the army when you booked your role on Hawaii Five-0. Yep. I had to sneak out. <laughs> I had to sneak away to go do that role. Yeah. I mean, how, like, were you, were you reprimanded afterward after you got that role or how'd that go? Uh, so the, so the first few, I, I was auditioning a lot and I would, it was either, I would try to schedule it during lunchtime and just try to book it and like, like hurry back mm-hmm. or, um, or sometimes it would be like, I would have a, um, a doctor's appointment or something. And I would rush to an audition afterwards and then rush back and pretend like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know I got caught multiple times by, by one of the last sergeants that I had. And it's funny because at first he was like, no, you're not going to go audition. No, you're not going to do that. No, you're not going to do that. They're like and your parents. Yeah. 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 Definitely. <laughs> and then, and I, I will, I will always remember this conversation where he, he looked at me and he was like, damn, you really want this, don't you? And I was like, it's going to happen with or without your help. And he let me go to the, uh, to one of the last auditions I went to while I was still in the military. Um, and it, but it, yeah, so it was like, I think that people, if, if you show them, like, I really want to do this, I'm not giving up. I'm not taking no for an answer. It's really hard for people to hold you back, you know? No, I agree with that. I mean, like you, you just like you, you kept on doing what you needed to do to get to where you are. And I mean, that's, 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 that's something to like, to go ahead and admire because I mean, you were were serving in the army and you still went on for auditions and to pursue uh, what you wanted to do. So that, that's something to definitely like admire. I mean, but I mean, soon after that, like you're the army discharged you for, you know, uh, being a broken machine, quote broken machine. What's that mean exactly? Uh, Well, the thing is, is, See, that that's my wording, the whole broken machine thing. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is in the army, you know, we are, we're, we're cogs in a wheel. It, it's like, it was something that really drove me nuts about the army a lot. And I'm, don't get me wrong. I love, I, I love the army. I love my, my brothers and sisters in arms, but it's something that if you're in the military, you understand. And it's that 
people get stuck in their ways and it's almost like they don't want you to think outside of the box. And so I've seen memes on it. I've seen people complaining about it on social media where it's like somebody will have the dumbest idea and everybody knows it's a dumb idea, but everyone just goes through with it because it's how things have always been done. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's like, I, I remember us all being completely like not doing anything in the aid station and me thinking, oh, my God, I could be at this audition right now. I could be doing this right now. We could be doing this right now. And I was going through all the different productive things that we could be doing. And it's like people are like, no, 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 we have to sit here and do absolutely nothing because that's that's what we're tasked to do. And and it was a lot of challenging that a lot of me going to the sergeant and being like, look, I have one of the biggest auditions I've gotten so far right now. And I have no reason not to be there other than you just want me here just in case. Like, if you call me, I will be right back. But there's this audition. I was constantly putting, like, shoving stuff in my sergeant's face. And I was constantly like, okay, look, I did this in the A station. I cleaned this. I did this. I did this. I did this. Can I go do this now? And so it really was. I felt like I was a teenager doing chores in order to, to go to a party or something. You know, it felt like they were your parents, pretty much. Oh, definitely. <laughs> like I said before. And then the thing is, too, is you have to understand. I'm not the greatest uh, direction rule follower. Uh, so, uh -huh. like. I I had a cat illegally in the barracks for like a year. So, uh, Oh, like, you bad, bad girl. What's wrong with you? You can't do that. Come on now. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It was an illegal cat that I had. Um, and wow. so it's like, well, for them to actually call it an illegal cat. I mean, yeah. that just sounds, it sounds like, like <laughs> something of national security or something. It's weird. Well, you're not supposed to have any pets at all in the barracks. And I, I found a cat and it, it was, it had been um, hurt by, by other people. And I mean, it's a really sad story, actually. Like, I that's was a humane thing to do, though. That's a humane thing to do. Like, go ahead and like look after a cat that's been damaged or hurt by yeah. you know people. I mean, come on now. That's that's a humane. That isn't that a part of the army to go ahead and protect and serve and you know, like you know, watch out their fellow pets. Men. Again, <laughs> as long as you're as long as you're doing so within regulation, you know, oh, so God. this was definitely out of regs. Um, uh -huh. And so, yeah, I, I had him there for like a year. Uh, and then it's funny because when I when I retired, my my number one thing that I wanted to do when I retired was to go up to our first sergeant and call him by his first name just to get under his skin. Um Cause like, you know, before that it's for, Oh, Roger for Sergeant, Roger for Sergeant. And after that I went up and I was like, what's up Lenny? How's it going? Len dog. And he's like, Oh my God. He was one of the last first sergeants that was, we had multiple first sergeants, not a, uh -huh. and multiple captains and stuff. Not all of them were, were great. Um, but this one, it was like, I think that he got a kick out of me because I was honest about things. Like I yeah. remember, we would have to show up in our dress blues and mine would be completely messed up because I wasn't paying attention or something. And he would come up and be, and be like, like Hernandez, what's this, what's going on? And I'm like, honestly, for a sergeant, I, I just didn't care this morning. I didn't think about it. Sorry. <laughs> and, and you can get away and, with that in the army. Well, one time I did. Cause he was like, well, what the hell do I say to that? Like, okay, thanks for being <laughs> honest. <laughs> it's like, dude, 
props. I mean, I'm not going to go ahead and argue with you, dude. You're honest, so props to you. It's because, like, well, especially, like, in the Army, I was a medic, you know, so I'd have random people calling me at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning saying, I'm really hungover or I'm really still drunk and we have formation in a couple of hours. Help, what do I do? And so here I was giving someone an IV at some stupid hour, you know, so it's like, Oh, nice. So, so, anyway, so, 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 anyway, so, so you were like more, uh, on the medical field. So they like gave you more leeway, I guess, because you were a medic. Yeah. I wasn't the greatest soldier. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, so, <laughs> like I would so much for telling me up. that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would, I wouldn't make things up so I wouldn't have to go do something like, uh, I can't, I can't go do the, the run today. We have to inventory our sphygnometers. So, 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 like, so, 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 that sounds medical. I don't know what a sphygnometer is, but. So uh, wait a second. So wait a second. So wait a second. Let me, let me get this straight. It sounds a lot like your experience in the army was more like a second high school. Like, oh yeah, you know what? I don't want to go to PE right now. So I'm just going to like <laughs> go ahead and make something up to avoid running a couple of laps in the field. <laughs> I mean, that's what it kind of sounds like like don't get me wrong I st- when I started I was so gung-ho it was stupid I mean I I was so excited I was I was one of the very few females attached to that infantry unit we were like some of the first females that had been attached to that unit mm-hmm. and so I was really excited I remember going to the Mojave Desert on a pre-deployment and I I was just trying to prove that I was a good medic so I would get like pigskin and practice my sutures over a weekend. So I wouldn't go do anything. I would just practice my sutures and watch Game of Thrones like constantly. <laughs> and nice. and like so, I mean, if anybody knocked on nice. my door and opened, they would just see pigskin and me with with a bunch of needles and holes in my hands, like and <laughs> you know suturing pigskin. And so. So I would do that and I was just was really wanting to prove myself. I mean, so much so that I literally made it through basic training on a broken ankle because I was too stubborn to give up and not keep going. I mean, you um, at the end of the day, like you still, I mean, regardless of how it was, you still took it very seriously by, by the sounds of it. I mean, I did go at ahead first. And do it, I did at first. Yeah, to, do, you know, to go ahead and go through it with, with a broken ankle. I mean, you took, you took it really seriously. I did. I did. And then it's like, I got to that duty station and I remember I had trained, I I thought I was really good. And then I get word we're in the Mojave desert and they're like, okay, we're going to attach you to this certain, um, this certain company. You're going to go on a night mission with them. And I was over the moon. I was so excited. I was ready. I was prepared, um, packed my rug, my platoon sergeant and I, we walked to the meeting point. And we get there and the first sergeant there is like, what the F is that? He's like, I don't want an effing female. Get her the F out of here. Wow. And I just like, I just felt so deflated. I just felt like, wow, like you have no idea. I could be way better than any of the male medics here. You, but you have no idea. You're, you're just getting rid of me because I'm, I'm a chick. Wow. So, so that, that still goes on in the military today. Oh yeah, oh, that, yeah. That, it, that, it, that that whole like, I guess sex segregation type of, you know, uh, sexism that's going on. It still goes on in the military today. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and so it was like that was my first time that I was like, wow, like it, it doesn't matter how hard I work, it doesn't matter 
how hard, how much I try to prove myself, I'm still a girl. And so the platoon sergeant had to stay there and I had to ruck back by myself. And so that whole ruck, I just cried. Like that was the first time nobody had been around me in a while, like for a while, like I had moment to myself. So I just remember crying the whole way back and I got back and I had this different attitude then like that night really did change me to where I was like, you know what? I, I started hearing all of the rumors about the other females and most aren't true, you know, but it, it's like high school with the, the rumor stuff. Like, let me tell you, I wish I was half as cool as rumor me. Cause rumor me, she sounded like a real go-getter. Like she sounded like she was a blast and I'm just, I'm kind of, um, old and boring um but so I, I i heard the rumors about them i heard the rumors about me and then it it hit me i need to create a different um view for these people so i can either be myself and be be goofy and nice and stuff or i just be the bitch and so i I didn't go anywhere. I would get invited. I eventually stopped getting invited to parties because I never went. Um, I didn't really have a lot of friends. I completely just shut down and and really stopped, stopped trying to make friends because I realized that if I would smile at somebody or, or be nice to somebody, all of a sudden there was a rumor. If I became someone's friend, another rumor. And so it was that moment of, do, do I want to be known as the professional or or do I want to be known as something else and I chose the professional I chose the medic part so people would come in and ask for me whether when they wanted treatment and stuff uh, like there was several times where people that were really mean to me in the beginning wound up specifically requesting me to treat them later on but I it took me a while before I started to come out of the whole um, being the bitchy medic and making friends and stuff because it just like it really sucked for a long time. I'm not going to lie. And it it really made me knock off the whole gung ho about the military thing. And it kind of switched into survival mode um, Mm -hmm. and it switched into uh, looking out for myself kind of thing. So that really did suck. But it was a lot of really good lessons for the future. Wow. Wow. That that's that's pretty crazy to listen to because I mean you would think that you know these days the military would actually like change their mindset about women soldiers and how they are treated but apparently that still hasn't changed. It still you know continues to be the same way and it's very very sad to hear that. I mean I mean I I'm I'm curious. I mean with all the stuff that you were going through because again you auditioned for Hawaii Five O while you were still serving. Did you did you use a lot of uh the emotion that you were going through in real life to go ahead and land that role on that show? Yes. And, and I I remember getting cast for that one too. That was the first time. Cause the thing is, is a lot of people, they go into the audition and they just read the paper. They do what they're told. And I feel like that's what, that's what a lot of people just expect to do. And I had auditioned for Hawaii Five-O multiple times and I hadn't got the role and I was very insecure, like very, very insecure. Um, my first time trying to get an agency in Hawaii, I was still really buff from the military. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I was built from rucks and stuff and being an infantry unit. And the first agency I went to, they turned me away cause I look, I was too athletic looking and they were like, Oh, I guess you could play the athletic role. You know what? Actually, no, I, I don't know if we can use you. And so, I mean, 
as a as a young girl at the time, that destroyed my self worth, destroyed my self image. I, I was very insecure at the time, and so it's like all of a sudden I was trying to lose weight. I was changing my body. I was just I was a mess. Uh, changing my personality even. Um, and then finally for that, for that Hawaii Five-O audition, I just kind of walked in and I was like, look, what do you want? Like, I'll give you what you want, but what do you want? What, what do you expect out of this character? And she told me what they expected out of the character. And I was like, all right, I can do that. And then I just did it. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, you're perfect. Let's get you in there. So I think that that's when I learned the lesson of asking questions and how much that helps, uh, which also helped me in Tax Collector. It helped me get the role uh, um, in Tax Collector. So... It, yeah, th- that was cool too to just, it, but it's funny because no one actually told me to do that. It was just, I was so deflated and, um, and, and frustrated that I just kind of ass out of frustration. No. And you know what? I mean, obviously that worked out because I mean, you got the role. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> that, that worked for you, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and go with that. But I mean, I mean, like during that time, you also, uh, like I said, you, you got discharged and you were also, uh, you, you, you had interned, uh, for an acting camp and everything. I mean, mm-hmm. during that time you were also homeless. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Talk about seriously, like your 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 life story is a crazy adventure in and of itself. I mean, you went, you, you were in the army, then you were discharged, then you were you were um, you were interning, and you had landed a role with Hawaii Five O. I mean, how like that 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 should have been like your jump off, but yet you it wasn't. I mean, what what happened in the interim of all that? After Hawaii Five-0, um, I moved to Seattle. I thought Seattle was a um, like a mini LA, and it wasn't what I thought it was. Um, and I was with someone at the time. Um, I was married, actually. Really? And, yeah, I was married. Um, and it was like I, he knew that I wanted to be an actress. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted to stay in the military. And he was my best friend, loved him to death. But it, we didn't have that in love feeling. Mm-hmm. And so I told him there, there's something I need to do. I need to go to LA. And I just kind of packed up my stuff and my cat and, and your cat. Kind of, <laughs> was yeah, it the same cat, cat from the army? Uh, yes. <laughs> it was the same one. Uh, yes. Same one. Oh, that's awesome. You can't, the yep. cat. that's awesome. Oh, he's, that cat is my ride or die. That's awesome. I now have four, but, uh, um, that's awesome. But so yeah, I just, I packed everything up and I think things between us ended pretty peacefully. Um, because I said, I hope this works out between us, but if it, if it doesn't, I'm sorry, but I have to do this. And he always understood that I was free. You know, I was, I was a bit like wild Mm -hmm. and he always knew that I wasn't, I wasn't the type of girl that he could cage, you know, Mm -hmm. or, or, and I I felt like he wanted that, that white picket fence wanted kids. And that's just, it's not me. And so I, yeah, I, I up and I left, I I left to LA and we wound up um, divorcing. And so I was homeless in the car or at friends for a bit interning met my acting coach and then the rest is history like i from the moment i met my acting coach something changed and then 
people just started telling me, I see something in you. I see something in you. I see this light. And I don't know what they're seeing, but I mean, if enough people are seeing it, I guess it's something, you know? Uh, and yeah, it's just been one blessing after another after that. Well, I mean, um, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I mean, and I'm sorry to cut you off here. I mean, I, obviously, if they saw it, then people from the tax collector also saw it because, you know, I mean, yeah, granted, you got the role for Hawaii 5 but your first audition in actual Hollywood, California, <laughs> yeah. you landed the role, you know, in the movie The Tax Collector. So obviously, you know, what, what everybody's been telling you has been correct. You obviously have something to land a role, you know, with, with, with like huge names such as Shia LaBeouf and George Lopez. I mean, you know, let, let's go ahead and like, uh, let's go ahead and like fast forward to that part where you you are now uh, you know in the movie the tax collector how was it like being on set with those two big names oh they're amazing i mean just amazing people i i've always known that they had talent but when you meet people that are as authentic as both of them it's just i i forgot who they were you know like i would forget that I was hanging out with Shia LaBeouf until some chick screams on the side of the road, like, oh my God, it's Shia LaBeouf. And I'm like, oh, that's right. You're famous. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. You're who you are. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Or like, I remember one time we were sitting there having coffee and people are just like staring at us. And for the life of me, I couldn't figure out what they were staring at. And then it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's Shia. Or George took us to Disneyland and he kept saying, oh, we have to sneak this way. We have to go through this certain... You're like, uh, why? <laughs> I know. I'm like, why? What do you mean? And they just look at me and I'm like, oh, right. George Lopez. Got it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. He's, yeah. Just, he's George to me. You know, he's George. <laughs> and Shia. And, and I mean, George, George was just... I mean, just amazing from the moment I met him, we were in hair and makeup and, you know, you and I were talking about how I like older movies and stuff um, Mm -hmm. before we started recording this, but um, uh, so so I was sitting there and George wanted me to pick out what music to listen to and I said Motley Crue and he was like, shut the F up, you don't like Motley Crue and (laughs) we we just went down this rabbit hole of Motley Crue, Whitesnake, like you name it, uh, Prince. And so he's like, Oh my God, you know, your stuff. And, and so, yeah, we really bonded over music and, and he was then, like, for someone so young, you actually know who all these bands are. Like what, what in the world's going on over here? It's funny. My sensei will actually sit there and play older songs. And he's like, what about this one? And like, I listen and, and I'm like, uh, I'm like, nobody's full Cinderella, you know? And he's like, what? So- whoa, 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 whoa. Let, let's go back here for a second. You just said the word sensei. So oh, yeah. let, let's backtrack that. I mean, you're into martial arts. You do martial arts as well. Yeah, um, I study Brazil- uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, American kempo, and Russian boxing. Okay, remind me never to piss you off. So, um... I know, I know my, boyfriend, my boyfriend's always like, he's like, I've never been with someone, he's like, with a girl who can actually beat me up. And he's like, but I don't deny it. He's like, you'd win in a heartbeat. But I mean, but I mean, is that something that you wanted to do before military, or was it during the military, or after the military that you decided to get into MMA? 
Well, so I've always loved fighting. Uh, my It's funny because, so MMA was brought to me um, from David Ayer. Uh, he, wanted, he wanted us to know um, how to fight for the movie because it's an action movie. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I, so that was for the movie, but I never left because of how much I, I love it. I love my sensei. He's one of my best friends in the whole world now. Uh, and he's my, he's my family. So David Ayer put, um, put us in martial arts, put in, in at this dojo because uh, for the movie, it's an action mm-hmm. movie. So we had to learn how. Mm-hmm. And, and so at one point, our sensei, he was going to teach us how to knife fight. And it's not something that you tell people, you know, but I already knew how to knife fight because my dad taught me when I was younger. Wow. And um, so, so we were all, we were all there at the dojo and sensei gave me and Bobby Soto um, rubber knives. And then I won really quick. And so sensei was like, what is going on? And then <laughs> like, okay, if I see some chick coming at me with a knife like that, I'm running. And I still didn't say anything. And then, so he took my knife away and he just gave, he had Bobby have his knife. And then I just kind of charged Bobby, grabbed the knife, fell to the floor and then stabbed him in the neck. And Bobby stood up and was like, Sensei, what the hell? You already taught her how. And Sensei's <laughs> like, no, I didn't. Like, what is going on? And, uh, and yeah, so I, I've always been a rowdy kid, though. Uh, when I was a kid, my first job ever, I got my first job when I was 12. Mm-hmm. And it was at Golden Gloves Boxing Association selling t-shirts and tickets. And then I begged my way to go be a glover because I wanted to clean the blood off of the boxing gloves and re-glove the fighters. So it's something that I always like. So, so, so wait, so, I mean, if, if acting hadn't like, you know, gotten in your, in your path, were you thinking about maybe get, you know, getting into like a uh, more physical type of uh, type of lifestyle, more like boxing or MMA? Um, well, it's funny cause I, I would have loved to. Yes. Um, but my grandma growing up, she wasn't a fan of it. Um, she was like, she, she's, she's a judge for golden gloves. Like she's her completely invested in boxing, oh, but wow. she's like, she's like, Mijita, no, your face is going to pay for you one day. So I don't <laughs> think so. And so, and you uh, the accent down and everything. No, mija, 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 you're too pretty. You're too pretty. Know, okay. Like, no, 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 no. I don't think so. I want to, I want to see grandbabies, Miha. I want to see grandbabies. Okay. But, um, but yeah, so, so it's funny though, because before I, I moved to LA, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was still pretty suicidal. I, I really didn't care if I lived or died. Like I, I was in a really shocking place, but, um, I mean, I obviously, my- obviously like since with the tragedies that you witnessed, obviously you were like in that state of mind, obviously. Yeah, it, I was, I was just pretty messed up. And, but it's like, while I was doing that, um, like, like while I was going through that, I was entertaining. Um, I, I went, I even went as far as getting my associates in health science with an emphasis on cardiac arrhythmia, because I was going to go, be a, a heart surgeon mm-hmm. so now or, or, or i wanted to go work with hearts or, or something and and so yeah now i have that that degree and no intention to follow through with it you know so yeah um so <laughs> I now i get to just have that cool title when people ask me what my associates is for i mean, is it, 
I mean, seriously, you, you, you're kind of like everywhere. I mean, <laughs> I mean oh, yeah, I have no structure whatsoever. Seriously. No. Like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like on a, in a whirlwind right now of just like listening to like everything you've gone through, everything you've done and now adding an associate's degree with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm so, I, I've become like literally one inch tall right now. I'm just like, I can't, <laughs> I can't believe this. Get me out of here. Okay. This woman is like That's funny. freaking well, me out. <laughs> My mom's still like, you need to go back to college. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because I did great things with my first degree, you know? Right, <laughs> right. I mean, come on now. Like, I don't, yeah. Col- it, you know, I knew I knew I didn't want to go to college. And now I just extra know that I don't want to go to college. You extra know. I love that. Now you just hashtag the brand new word, extra know. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, now well, I extra know. Well, we'll, 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 we'll go with that one. You know what? Start printing the shirts out and put hashtag. Extra know. Yeah, hashtag extra no. We just created a new (laughs) word right now. So, so I, uh, I mean, t- talk to me a little bit about the 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 character that you play in the movie, the tax collector. Okay, so I play Gata, and she is extremely, extremely uh, vicious. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a hard one because, and I, I've said this before, it w- what was difficult about her her character is she's designed to be though she's one of the main characters in the movie, she's designed to be that silent killer. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's like she next to her is her partner Conejo who is terrifying like in real life total sweetheart but in the movie is absolutely terrifying and so I'm like okay how do I get my character to be you know just as tough just as mean just as scary and intimidating as Conejo without saying anything oh by the way you have to do this in like five inch stiletto heels and make everybody (laughs) want to have wet dreams about you you know so i'm like oh wow okay uh fun and so that was difficult but um i realized that that in order to do that she needed to to have more depth to her. She needed to have a backstory that made, made her able to justify her being so vicious, her being so cold and intimidating. And so I have these journals that I was writing when I was creating her, which is just like, okay, if she sees life as this insignificant, what had to happen to her in order for her to think that in order for her to believe that I can crush this man's heart under my shoe and not care. Uh, and so it was a lot that went into her, but I'm pretty proud. I think that by the time I, I sat down and cause I, I didn't watch it right when it came out, I was terrified that I was going to suck in the movie and let everybody down. Like, Oh my God, it was a lot. Your own, um, your, your own worst critic. It always oh, goes yeah, back it, to that. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, Oh my God. Like, I mean, I love these people so much and what I didn't want was for them to go, Oh, this was a great movie, but Cheyenne suck, you know? So, uh, so that's what I, that I was terrified, but by the time I watched it, I was like, it, it, this is interesting. It felt like I was watching like home videos of someone that I murdered because in order to get rid of her, I had to kill her in my head, you know? Uh-huh. So, uh, so yeah, I was watching her and it wasn't me anymore. It's like, I was watching my demon on, on the, in the movie. And it was just so surreal to see. And it's funny because 
after I did the movie for a while, I would almost talk about myself in third person. And it's like Shia and David, they really taught me how to method act. I was so, about to say, so you became more of a method actor after that. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, when you work with Shia, it's, it, it's hard not to, because it's like, it's so real, you know, everything just becomes real. And then you start to wonder what's real and what's not. And then you're like, wait, what defines real? Isn't real anything that, that I say it is, if it's my perception? So it's like you go deep into this crazy world of who are you? What, what are your intentions? What do you want out of this life? What does your character want? How, how are you similar to your character? And so the lines get really blurred on who you really are. And so I know that towards the end, I, st- I started to kind of spiral a bit. I mean, like, I, I mean, I was, I, ha- I had this crash course, you know, but I, I didn't know how to come out of it. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was like, I know I had friends that were really worried about me, Lana Padilla, uh, George Lopez, and then they, they were huge, huge help, uh, a huge help after filming wrapped on helping me, um, get my feet back on the ground because for a while I was just drifting. Like I, I didn't know what to do with myself. Um, but yeah, now I'm good. I feel like my, I've had a couple of roles since then that I've, that have been easier to transition in and out of. So I know that I, like, it's just a matter of getting the hang of it, but man, it was like just being thrown to the wolves for a while. Like that's crazy. No, no, that's totally, that's totally that, that happens to a lot of method actors. I mean, you have uh, Jim Carrey that threw himself into the role of, uh, of uh, Andy Kaufman in man on the moon. Oh yeah. I saw his documentary. Yeah. That, that was that was nuts. That documentary, I saw it on Netflix. I was like, wow, he actually believed that he got the spirit of Andy Kaufman in him to go yeah. ahead and act the way he did. It was just it was just a lot. I mean, and, and it was just it was just crazy. So, I mean, method acting, that's definitely something very intense that I'm sure a lot of people need therapy for right after that <laughs> to get oh, yeah. out of that character. But I yeah, mean, I would show. I would show up at the dojo at like midnight, one in the morning and sensei, he's always there and he would just open up and be like, what's going on? Are you okay? And I'm like, I just need to go hit stuff in the back. He's like, okay. And I would just go to the back of the dojo and just like literally have at it at the bags because I, I had, it's like, it was so weird. I, I feel like when I created her, I, I told her, you can have me, you know, I, I said for this role, like I, I need to become you. So I, I welcome you. And it was, it was, it was really weird. I would sit in front of the mirror and I couldn't get sexy to save my life. That was like, so I, I had the tough badass part, learn how to, how to do everything else they wanted me to do. I knew how to handle the weapons. That was all fine. And then David said, by the way, you have to be sexy. And I'm a dork and a half. So like, I was like, <laughs> I was like snorting, laughing, like nice. you have to be sexy. You know, that's nice. not happening. Sexy. That was, that was tough for me. So when I, and he said, you have to find it. He's like, you just have to find it. And so Shia took me salsa dancing. Cynthia nice. was trying to teach me how to dance, you know? So it's like everyone was really helping me trying to get sexy. And then Chelsea, uh, Chelsea Rendon, thank God for Chelsea. Cause she was kind of that one that was like, stop, stop trying to be everybody else's sexy. That's not your sexy. She's like, I'm sexy in my own way. Chelsea, I mean, Cynthia's sexy in her own way. She's like, you're sexy in the way that you're a badass. You can handle your weapons. You know how to fight. And she's like, hone in on that, own that. 
And so it's like in that light, I started to see like, okay, okay. Like, yeah, I, I'm pretty confident in this stuff. I can see how that can translate into like, oh, that's sexy. She knows what she, she knows how to handle herself. Mm-hmm. And so I started with that. And then it went into, I would sit in front of the mirror and pretend to be a snake and literally just like look at my reflection and turn my reflection into her. And it was like, she was really slinky and, and, um, and serpent like cat, like even, you know? Mm-hmm. So I would just stare at myself in the mirror until my movements matched that, um, that w- what I thought she should be. And then it was, you know, I would go to, to Lassen's, the grocery store, and just, like, mind screw people in the, in the store. And I would just stare at people and think, like, these thoughts of, like, I want you to come over and talk to me. I want your attention. And then all of a sudden, people would start looking at me, like, can I get your number? Can I talk to you? And I was like, oh, my God, this <laughs> is why girls do this. <laughs> it's oh, this is why girls do this. It's so much fun. Um, <laughs> nice. I never I'm like, oh my god, this is empowering as hell. Uh, so, so bad, so. And, and so I remember I went all excited to rehearsal, and I'm like, David, guess what I did? And I'm like, cool. <laughs> no, but it, um, my, my thing is like, I, I'm still going back to what you're saying about like how you were like, you know, like early in the morning and stuff with your sensei. I could just imagine you just sit, standing in front of the door, like, hey, open the door, cabron. Open it right now. Oh yeah. Right now. He, <laughs> he, like, he's he's, like he's used to my crap now. He's used to my crap. I'll show up at the dojo with a different accent every day and he's just like, okay, whatever. Sometimes I'm Russian, sometimes <laughs> I'm Scottish. Open the uh, door before I kill all of you I know. Right now, huh? Yeah, like or or sometimes like uh like I'll I'll just start screaming and like his him and I'll go get food or we'll go to the grocery store together and stuff. Yeah. And so we, we, it's funny. We do our groceries together. That's, nice. that's how close I up with my sensei. Nice. And so like, we'll be at the grocery store. And if I, it, like, I remember one time I didn't see him right away. So I'm like, sensei, sensei, <laughs> like, shut up, stop. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so he's he's That's used to my shenanigans. He always says he's always like, um, "Oh, you remind me of I Love Lucy." He's like, "You're, you're oh weird." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good comparison to, to, yeah, to like have it. right there. So, no, that's really cool. That's really cool that that you had that kind of relationship. So, so let let let's go ahead and uh, fast forward a little bit here. I mean, you have this amazing you know movie that's out right now. It's 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 definitely getting a lot of attention right now. Uh, after that, I mean, are you are you said that you had other projects afterward? I mean, what what else have you been working on? Uh, well, I did this series called Rumors, and it was a blast. I can't wait for that to start coming out. And and I, I can't say too much about that, but... Um, oh, boo! Not yeah, fair. I know, I know but I, 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 it's, I did get to play um, uh, a bisexual girl who... who who didn't, who was scared to come out. She's married to a man and stuff. And it it was interesting because, you know, I've been asked a lot, especially right now that, that the, the, the movie's doing well and stuff about sexual preferences and stuff. And it's like, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm bi. I mean, I don't, I don't know what word to use, I guess, nowadays, but for me, I've always just said I'm open. Like, uh, I've always just been open. Like I, 
I don't really care if somebody's a guy or a girl, don't care what they look like. If I fall in love with your soul, then it's your soul that I'm attracted to. And that's just how I've always felt. Um, and then, so when this came out, people were saying, uh, when this, when I started agreeing to do this, people started asking me, Oh, tell me about, you know, your, your experience being, um, in the community in LA. And for me, I'm just blessed because my family was just so accepting of everything. You know, I, I, when I had told my mom, Hey, Hey mom, like one day, I I don't know if I'd bring home a a guy or a girl. She was just kind of like, well, I couldn't get you out of basketball shorts and a ponytail for a good while. I mean, I, I pretty much guessed that. And I was like, oh, okay, You're like, cool. yeah, I kind of figured. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's like, and, and my dad was like, look, I don't care what you do. You can join the military. You can be gay. I don't care. Just don't cut your hair. You know how Mexican nice. dads are like, yeah, just do not cut your hair. <laughs> yeah, so he's still my Mexican nice. dad, just like the long hair. But, you know, I've always just had a very, um, a very, a very accepting family. That's good. And so playing this role for rumors, it was interesting because it was the other side of the coin. You know, I got, Mm. I got to kind of experience that, that feeling of, Oh my God, I'm scared to say what I'm attracted to. Cause I think so many people have that issue. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I remember diving into that character and feeling that shame. And then like looking at myself, like, wait, but this is actually me and this is how people feel. It's, it's, uh, they're ashamed and they shouldn't be because they're being themselves. They're happy. They're being authentic to who they are. Like, I'm sorry, but middle finger to everybody who thinks that that's not okay, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but so, so yeah, it was, I think that being an actress and um, getting to bring to light this stuff, like, so in Gata Tax Collector, her past was, you know, she was sold into sex trafficking. Her father killed her mother. So it's like, I'm, I feel like when I take, when I, when I take part in, in, in the creation of these characters, it's like, I really want to bring it to light. I want to bring their struggles to light. And you might not know what they're going through. You may not know the situation of why they're going through something, but I think that my, my goal is just to for you to understand that there is a battle going there for Gatha, the battle was um she had been used for for sex and stuff her whole life and so now she's like i'm not the toy you're the toy and in rumors i i got to bring to light the actual struggle that real people in our real world have that they're they're terrified of being judged if they come out and it's just like I'm, i feel very blessed that i get to bring this stuff um to the surface you know no, that's awesome. I mean, like that's that's something that uh, that's something that many uh, young people are are starting to actually like embrace, and that's that's a good thing. That's a good thing because I mean, you know, uh, you you serve as an example that hey, you know what? Do you? <laughs> you know, be yeah. you, be you, do you? And that's, that's very important being- to have. That's, that's literally, that is what I'm about is just be yourself. I know I'm weird. I know that I'm, I'm a nerd. I, I know that I'm a lot. I'm too you much already, you, you, you already proclaimed yourself as a, as a super dork. So oh, yeah. yeah, it's already out there. It's already out there. We yeah, all know. But, but the thing is, is that it's <laughs> like, I feel like old me was terrified to say that old me. I was like, you know, I grew up with brothers. So I, I play video games to this day and I love it. Oh, but, I got, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
I gotta ask. You, 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 you actually touched a string to my heart right there with video games right there. Are okay. You Xbox or PS? PlayStation. Oh, you killed me. You killed me right there. Why? I'm, Why? I'm forced to play Xbox over here in Australia. You're that's forced? My, my partner has Xbox here and it's driving me nuts because forced? it crashes and oh, lags stop. and I'm like, my PlayStation wouldn't do this to me. Get out of here. What the but hell? I'm going to one-up you again. I'm going to one-up you again because PlayStation, Xbox, eh, still don't measure up to my GameCube. Never will uh, I get rid of you're going, you're, you're going there. You're going to the game. You didn't even go Wii. You went GameCube, okay? GameCube. <laughs> you see, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, you can't recreate that. Oh, you see, no, but no, wait a minute. See, 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 but here's the thing. See, I come from the Nintendo era. Okay. okay. So I, I'm looking at Legend of Zelda and the Adventures of Link. Okay. The, we're, we're going back to that era right there. Okay. You can't compare that. I'm sorry. But, you I'm can't. Sorry. But if you want to get into Atari, we can get into Atari. Oh, well. oh, oh, we're going to go there. We're going to go there. We're going to go with go, we're going to go with Pong. Okay. We're going to go there. Let's go there. <laughs> so, as you can see, uh, nerd. But the thing right? is, <laughs> but the thing is, this isn't accepted everywhere. So, Oh, stop. Now, now it is. Now it is. Now it is. In, in this, right now in the current pandemic, it's accepted, believe me, because ain't no one got nothing else to do at home but play video games or, or, or that's it. <laughs> well, that's point. the thing, though, but, like, I remember I was so excited when I joined the military, and I, so I, I left El Paso, and I'm totally myself. I'm weird. I'm goofy, a little bit, um, okay, a lot of bit sarcastic, and uh, I go in, and then, <laughs> I, like that. I like that. <laughs> but people started asking me, what am I into, this and that. And I say, oh, video games. Yeah, I love Resident Evil. And, this. and the girls just kind of stopped and looked at me. And they were like, oh, that's cute. Oh, you know? wow. And then, Get so out of here. I've always been the girl that I feel like more superior girls have looked at me and kind of said, oh, she's cute. Like, oh, like I've always just been that cute. The condescending you know? attitude yeah. that they have towards you is so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then, but then it's like, I, at first I was like, oh, okay. It, if I want to be accepted by girls, I can't behave this way. So I would just stop talking about that. And then, you know, you get a little bit older. And I think that this is where where people start coming out of getting bullied and into in, and more into the adult phase, you know, where before I was like, I felt bullied because I just wasn't accepted. Mm-hmm. I was always the least favorite friend, always the weird one, always the one that people forgot to invite places because I'm embarrassing. And then all of a sudden I started meeting people that were like me, you know, that liked games, that, that liked hiking, that, that were yeah. just hungry for life, you know? And so it's like, now I have the best freaking friends in the world. Like I, but it, I, I think a lot of people don't understand. You have to get through that crappy phase of being awkward and not accepted. And, and then you find your place of, Oh, there are weirdos like me. I just needed to find them first. Right? No, I, I, I got to tell you, I'm with you on that. Cause I mean, I got bullied. I got bullied as a, as a child. Um, I got bullied for so many reasons. Um, it was tough. It was tough growing up. Um, but, uh, you know, as you get older, you, you kind of tend to start seeing that uh, you're, you, you, you know, 
the people that bullied you are now into the same stuff you're into, which is weird um, because it's like, dude, I started that. Like, seriously, you bullied me for that. Like, what's wrong with you? I mean, were you closeted like weirdo like me or what's wrong with you? You know, Yeah. Uh, but but I mean, no, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. And <laughs> trust me when I say, yeah, I'm I don't care what anybody thinks. I, I love Star Trek. Uh, yes. You know, I, I, you know, you could judge me all you want, but I love Star Trek. My mom got me into it. God rest her soul. My mom got me into Star Trek. I loved it ever since then. Ever since Captain Kirk. I don't care. I love Star Wars. Okay. You yes. can see. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I love video games. I love all the nerdy, dorky stuff. I don't care how you judge me. I like what I like. It's that simple. Yes. And if you don't, yeah. and, and if you don't like me for that, you know what? There's a door. Please let it hit your ass on the way out because it's gonna hurt, and I hope it does. So that's the way I well, look at life. Well, what's funny is that it's like now that I came out in a movie and stuff, I have people that were mean to me in high school or mean to me in the military reaching out like, "Oh, I miss you. How are oh, you?" For f's sake, come oh, on. Oh my- those okay. are see, oh. see those oh, are the now ones. you like Harry yeah, Potter, th- do you? Yeah, those yeah, those are the ones you know are to stay away from. You're like, yeah, not so much. Get away from me now. So- I'm like, oh, I thought I thought I was a loser. I thought right, right. Um, no, those those are the ones that see. I have a motto that I always go by, and my motto is: remember the ones that were there for you, and forget about the ones that weren't. Plain mm-hmm. and simple, because and, and at the at the end of the day, why would you want to remember the ones that weren't? They're not worth it. So yeah, and that, that's how I feel too. Like, uh, like it's funny because uh, someone used to not be very nice to me, and actually today, one of my old battle buddies from the army, he called. Say me. their name. Say their name. Come on. Say their no, name. no, no, no. I, don't, I, don't <laughs> that. I um, know. I know. But. He, one of my really good battle friends, and he's uh, one of my best friends in, the, in AIT, actually, when we were trained to be medics together. And he and my friend saw the, the person that wasn't very nice to me, and they're like, this is it. I'm going to get revenge for you. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, don't do that. Because uh, like, I just feel like I'm over it. I feel like, uh, I don't know, like everything that's happened to me has made me stronger. Everything good. that I've been through, it's a lot of crap, man. A lot of crap that I've been through that I remember crying and looking up at God and asking why, why me? Why are you letting this happen to me? It's like somebody else it has happened to that I've been able to help. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is why you gave me this. This is why you had people be mean to me in the military so I could help people who are being bullied. You know, this is why you had my heart broken this time so I could help someone this is going to happen to. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I feel like if it, I, I can't brag too much about myself, but what I can is say is that I'm resilient as hell. And it, it doesn't matter how many times I get knocked up, get, get knocked down. I will stand back up, get knocked up. Sorry. <laughs> I heard that too. I was like, uh, I, know. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Hold on. We're going in the wrong direction on that one. <laughs> Some people might just try to cover that up, but I like to call attention to it and say I'm an idiot, you know? But, uh, but yeah, so it's like, I, I, I really feel like 
through my resilience, I've been able to help people because I go through a lot of crap. I sometimes handle it correctly, sometimes royally mess it up. And either way, there's a lesson in that. And either way, there's been something that I've been able to to do or say to help somebody else that's been going through something similar. And and it's ta- it's taken me a bit to figure figure out how I for a while after tax collector I started this thing on Instagram called Positivity Guru, mm-hmm. and I would just posted positive quotes every day. I would try to just force positivity into people's lives, and for a while I was getting you know moms saying thank you. My daughter is bullied, and since since she started following you, she's had so much more confidence. And I was excited in the way it was going, and out of nowhere it, it turned into people saying I'll never be as positive as you. I'm just going to go kill myself. And I'm like, wait, what? Like this took a turn. So it's taken me a bit to find, find how to do this. But I've found that by me showing that I, I, I am a dork. I'm an idiot, you know, a lot. And yeah. And it's, it's (laughs) like, I'm completely myself and and I'm happy and not everything goes my way. You know, I still, I still haven't had that, that next big role that I really, really want, but it's coming. And, and I feel like whether it happens or it doesn't, I've found exactly who I want to be as a person. And so my life's great. You know, I, I will die happy, not because I get everything I want, but because I chose to be myself. And so, you know, the movie came out and people were like, what kind of image do you want to portray? Uh, what kind of PR do you want? What oh, what do you want people to see? And I'm like, scratch all of that. You're going to get me. Like, because I'm done pretending. I'm I'm done acting like I'm somebody else. I am who I am. You get what you get, you know? And, um, and I'm hoping that people really take away that message and see that, yeah, if you are like me, you're probably not going to get everything you want because I mess a lot of things up by being myself. But... I'm happy. And I think that that is the greatest accomplishment over anything else that anybody can do is to make themselves happy. Amen to that. I agree with that. I agree with that completely. And I mean, uh, you know, Cheyenne, it sounds like uh, you definitely, I got to tell you this much right now, after listening to you, I mean, you're definitely on the right path and you're already like, you're there, you're, you're there. And you definitely have big things coming your way. I truly believe that. I mean, and, and this role is just one of many, one of many that I foresee that I, that I hope to, that I I foresee and I hope to see you uh, in many more roles that will definitely, you know, uh, will definitely showcase who you are. And I I truly believe that. I mean, but I I mean, I got to ask you, I mean, during this right now, we're all going through a struggle right now, which is the pandemic. How has this affected you? Oh, this sucks. Um, It's, the thing, you know how I said it in one of my auditions before, it was like, and tax collector, I was able to say, what do you want? What do you want of this character? Because if I get an idea of what somebody wants, I can create that character. But a lot of times for these self-tapes, it's it, you, you, you don't have a good idea of who this character is. Mm-hmm. And I don't, like, one thing that Shia and David really, really, like, just shoved into me is is that you need to create this character and become this character. And so the, this, this whole self-tape, self-tape stuff is really frustrating me. Um, 
because I wish I could be there in person and just say, what do you want out of this character? Let me make it for you. And then become that character, have a, a, a good conversation with whoever's um, casting. And it's like, I feel like how I get stuff is by being me and, and by showing them that I'm what I'm capable of. And so this pandemic has made that really hard. And it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still working on stuff. I'm still doing the zoom meetings, still doing the self tapes, but you um, adapt. It, it, uh, yeah, it's just it's it it, it just kind of sucks because I know how much fun I would be having right now if the movie came out. We did the premiere and I was able to go meet with all these people. So it does it really really sucks, but it you know you just got to go with the flow. You got to um, pick yourself up by the bootstraps and just keep going. You know. No, without a doubt, without a doubt, and you know, I mean, like, hopefully, we'll we'll, we'll all get through this very soon. And I mean, from what I understand, uh, studios are starting to open up little by little. So, I mean, there's that. So that that's always a good thing. So, I mean, aside aside from that, I mean, what um, what plans do you have uh, moving forward right now? Uh, the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm writing a couple of screenplays right now. Um, and one of them's um, about the military. So I'm hoping that I can see if I can do something with those. Um, just still auditioning. Uh, I, now I, I'm getting an agency. It's funny, I did this movie and I didn't have an agency yet. Uh, so uh, I'm, I, I'm just now getting an agent uh, and, and moving forward with all the auditions and stuff. I have my eye on a couple of projects, nothing that's completely set in stone. So I can't really say too much, but a lot going on, definitely a lot going on and a lot, a lot, lot of exciting things. Um, I'm, I am really excited and, and looking forward to continuing in this industry. I think it's amazing. Nice. Nice. So I got to ask you a question that I always ask all my guests. How can people stalk you on social media? Um, on the, on Instagram for me, I know I'm supposed to have a website and <laughs> I did make the Twitter, but I hate social media. So mm-hmm. I feel like if, if I'm going to do social media, I'd rather pick one and do it really well than pick multiple and suck at all of them. So, uh, I just, I just pick Instagram. So it's Cheyenne, C H E Y E N N E. And then Ray R A E underscore Hernandez. Nice. And that's me. Have you gotten into TikTok at all? I have it. I just, I haven't made anything. Um, <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to see what happens. Yeah. I'm, it's funny because my boyfriend makes fun of me all the time. He's mm-hmm. like, you picked the worst profession because I, I don't actually like to be in the spotlight. Like I, uh, <laughs> like if, if everyone's talking in a group, I'm not going to be the loudest one, you know, uh, like, um, or people when they first meet me, they're like, "Oh, that quiet girl." And then the people who know me are like, "Yeah, she's not very quiet." <laughs> but yeah, social media is a challenge for me because I I feel like I would be happy to just post cat pictures all the time, but you can't do Aww. that, you know. Uh, so <laughs> what are you talking about, kitty? Y'all, I have a cat too, so I know I know, I know what you're talking about. They're they're perfect. They're perfect creatures. They're they're um, dude. They're a holes. I'm not gonna even lie. They're a holes. Okay, like my cat's an a hole. <laughs> One of mine's from the movie. Uh, so I found I found my last, oh, my second to last cat. I found him under my trailer uh, while working on the set of Tax Collector. Nice. Uh, so his name <laughs> his name's Creeper after Shia LaBeouf, uh, his character. And you're, you're 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 in the movie Tax Collector, but you're really a cat collector. So oh, I mean. definitely, definitely. <laughs> I told my boyfriend when we were moving in that I only had one cat and. 
I had four. So, uh, so he wasn't nice. very happy. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Cyan, thank you so much for being on the Xander Effect. Thank you so much for your time here. I mean, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, chatting with you for a little bit. Make sure you guys uh, check out uh, the movie Tax Collector starring Shia LaBeouf, George Lopez, and, of course, the lovely Cheyenne Hernandez. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I hope you have a great day. You too. You take care of yourself. You too. Bye. Thank you so much, Cheyenne Hernandez, for being on the Xander Effect. And also, thank you so much. I meant to say this to you as well in the interview. Uh, thank you so much for your service that you have uh, given to this country. And uh, hopefully I get to have you on the show again very soon. I mean, Jeremy, talk about an interesting, like a, a crazy life that she led. Yeah, that's absolutely insane. And as you know, I am a huge fan of anybody overcoming that much adversity to, you know, achieve some success and to go after their dreams. So it's just really cool to hear, um, you know, come through all of that is is pretty amazing. Yep, and uh, you know her her star will just continue to shine brighter because it looks like this young lady has a bright future in the entertainment industry. So we'll go ahead and uh, keep an eye out for that. In sports, Miles Garrett wants to have a man to man talk with Mason Rudolph. He, uh, Garrett went ahead and told uh, Mary Kay uh, Cabot of the Cleveland Plain uh, Dealer. He said, quote, uh, if it were to happen, I'd be fine with it. Uh, not just fine, but I wouldn't mind it, and I'd be happy to make it happen. If there were a way, I'm not sure how I'd go about it, how I'd broach, how'd I, how'd I, uh, excuse me, how I'd broach that. I'm not even sure if he'd want to do that, but I wouldn't have a problem sitting down with him and just not talking about the incident, just talking man to man how we move forward and just being better men and football players and not letting something like that happen again whether uh, we can do that i'm not sure but i'd be willing to extend the olive branch and make that happen now as we all know that incident is when uh, basically uh, uh brown's defensive and miles garrett uh you know the, he, he it, it, <laughs> There was a helmet involved in this whole thing, man. I mean, he beat him know, over the head with a helmet. He, <laughs> Let's he, just say it. <laughs> it was it was so bad. It was just so bad because it's like, dude, like he could have really injured him. Like he really could have injured. Him. I mean, those helmets, those helmets, helmets are not only heavy; they're thick because they're used to protect the, the, the person's skull. I mean, he really could have hurt him with this, and may, who knows? Maybe even cost him his career. This is a very violent act. No, it really was. Um, like I said, this is one of those things that crosses the line. There are certain appropriate ways to physically handle your business in sports. Sometimes that does need to happen. But, you know, we can go back to the story I told you when this, when this new story first broke. You know, years ago, Dodgers versus Giants, the Giants batter turned and beat the Dodgers catcher over the head with the baseball bat in the middle of the game. Mm. In the middle of the game. Wow. He got brushed back by a pitch. He didn't like it. And he knew the catcher had called the pitch. So he turned around and beat him over the head with a baseball bat. Okay. There are certain things you cannot do. 
that is taking it that is crossing a line where you are literally risking a person's life you are assault it is beyond a physical retribution it is assault it is assault with a deadly weapon it is Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of things in the moment in the rage you know yes those things can be forgotten but that doesn't make it okay so the fact that he's willing to talk about it i like that but you know who would he be would the other guy be willing who knows yeah, that that's a that's a tough call to make at this point because, uh, yeah, it's just it it was it was a really messed up incident, you know, and uh, it's very dangerous. I mean, these guys already play a very dangerous sport as it is. You go ahead and add MMA to it, and it just becomes something that's like, what in the world's going on? Is this is this wrestling? Is this MMA? Is this football? What 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 the f is going on here? You know, I mean, it's man, I saw that and I couldn't believe it. I was watching the highlights and I was like, did that really just happen? Like, did that really just happen? Did he just hit him over the head with a helmet? <laughs> it's, it sounds like the ending of a bad joke, but. Um, it did, in fact, happen, and and looks like uh, you know, looks like there's remorse in the tone, and uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see if uh, if Rudolph is willing to go ahead and then have a man to man with him, and you know, just just uh, hash things out, squash it, and just have a brand new, uh, you know, brand new season. Which, speaking of, in other sports news, it, the NFL season starts. Uh, it's going to be a crazy one this year, let me tell you. And uh, so far, according to CBS, the NFL rankings, it seems that they have uh, Kansas City predicted to win a second consecutive Super Bowl. And uh, pretty much they're thinking that Patrick Mahomes is going to become an even better quarterback at this point. I mean, those are some those are some bold predictions right there. Uh, doesn't sound that bold to me. You have to remember that... Patrick's only been at the helm here for three years. You know, he came out and started performing incredibly. And I mean, set records and, you know, put up a ceiling that we never thought he could hit again. But the truth is, he's at the beginning of his career. He's still learning the game even more he's still learning his rapport with his receivers and with his new players he's only going to get he's not even close to at his peak at this point same for lamar jackson you know i mean mark ingram uh released a quote to espn i believe yesterday or earlier today basically just saying he feels that lamar jackson is head and shoulders above where he was last year when he was an MVP who broke every single record. So we got to remember, these are young guys. These are guys actually at the beginning of their careers who have already reached this level. The 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 chances of them only improving are, are high. You know, I mean, sure. look at, I mean, Aaron Rodgers was great early. Peyton Manning was great early. Elway, great early. But none of them set this type of pace that early on. If they can stay healthy, how much better are they going to be in another 10 years? True. And I mean, but it's, it's you know, the reason why I'm saying this, it's kind of a bold statement is because you just mentioned another quarterback that's a force to be reckoned with in Lamar Jackson. I mean, I think between him and Mahomes, Lamar is even fresher. 
than Mahomes is at this point. And I, you know, that's going to be a pretty, uh, it's going to be a pretty interesting head to head between the two of them, in my opinion. I think we're looking at, I mean, given there's going to be other people who come up, but right now they are definitely the top of the class going forward. I mean, that really is. Lamar Jackson and Mahomes are just a step ahead of everybody else right now, and they're only at the beginning. So the heights they can reach, the the records they can break, the things they can do if they stay healthy, it's, it's almost unfathomable right now because they both could take quantum leaps forward in the next few seasons. Well, we're definitely going to have to go ahead and, and check them out. I mean, but so far, CBS has, you know, Kansas City Chiefs ranked number one. And we'll, we'll just have to see if uh, this season, like you said, you know, they have to stay healthy. I mean, last season, uh, there was a slight scare. Uh, Mahomes got injured, but he came back to win the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I guess that's that that plays youth plays a little bit of a part on that one. Uh, you know, I mean, he's able to bounce back a lot quicker than a lot of these uh, these uh, uh veterans in the sport so you know like you said as long as he's able to stay healthy and continue to be healthy then uh there shouldn't be a problem same goes same thing goes for lamar jackson and man lamar scares the hell out of me though man when he gets on that run (laughs) he's a very scary quarterback let me tell you especially for fantasy players well i mean it's like i told you last year he stated last year in training camp that if it was up to him, he would never run. He wants to be a passing quarterback. So imagine that a guy with his ability to break down a defense and run, and yet he's still trying to get better at the passing and make that the prime part of his game. That means as he continues to get better with that, he's still always going to be able to fall back on tearing you up with his legs, yet he's still going to be improving. I mean, it's 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 amazing. It really is the what the versatility he brings and the amount of scheming you have to do as a defense to try and keep someone with that type of package under control is just amazing. That, I mean, that's what pissed me off about Colin Kaepernick for the longest time when he first started, uh, you know, as quarterback for the 49ers. When he would get on that run, he was gone. Like nobody was able to catch him, and he like, it annoyed the hell out of me because I'm like, dude, somebody find a freaking defensive scheme against this run. This is ridiculous. You know, this quarterback he doesn't throw the ball; he runs it, and now, that throws him off. Not to jump on the you know crap on Kaepernick train, <laughs> but the difference is, I never saw him, and you never heard reports about him working as hard at improving the passing part of his game. Mm-hmm. He, you know, which, I mean, it's his whole game. So why should he? He knew his legs were still, so he kept that as a part of his game. But he was a quarterback who his passing skills seemed to regress as he as his career moved on. His legs didn't. His ability to see the field, break down the defense, still a very, very effective quarterback, but his passing numbers went down you know, in accuracy and all the important metrics almost every year. We're seeing the complete opposite with somebody like Lamar who's trying to focus on the passing side. He's actually getting more accurate. He's actually getting a quicker release. He's actually improving on all the metrics that make you a good quarterback. Yep. 
That's very true. And that's what's going to give fantasy uh, players uh, that are going up against anybody that's using him a nightmare this season. So, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a tough one. But we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, the NFL season starts this week, right? I believe this week we have a a game starting this weekend. Oh, man. Oh, man. And then my Packers are playing uh, the Vikings. So that's going to be that's going to be an interesting one. I'm curious to see how they're going to go about this. I mean, I'm curious to see how they're going to do the bubble season like the NBA. And, uh, you know, let's see. Let's see how that goes for everybody. Well, I mean, the problem is you can't have a bubble for the season. I mean, you can't. You have two teams, given they've cut down roster limits for the season, but you have two teams at 56-some-odd players. Mm -hmm. You have 112 people for one game. That's not including staff. That's not including coaches. That's not including anybody else. So how are you going to have a bubble for the entire country? You've got games all over the country. These guys, what, do they come in a week beforehand? They just finished playing a game. So how are they going to do that? They can't, I mean, they can't do the same thing that the, it's it's a much closer model to what baseball is doing. Mm-hmm. It's not really a bubble. It's just trying to be as cautious as you can. Yeah. I mean, the NBA was able to get away with it because they have a, they have a centers in Orlando where they created it and just left it there. It's, it's almost like, it's almost like uh, they kind of took the model a little, a little bit uh, that the WWE did uh, with, uh, with their NXT brand where the NXT, and this is before, this is pre-coronavirus, uh, uh, where the WWE would have uh, some, you know, the NXT, uh, which is, which is again, it's the brand that pretty much, uh, it's the start-off point with wrestlers when they first get into this industry before they make it to the big show, which is uh, either Monday Night Raw or Thursday Night SmackDown. Uh, so they have to go through this. It was what we remember as the OVOVW, uh, uh, you know. Uh, wrestling organization where they start off there uh, in dark matches and things like that, house shows, things like that before they went to the big top. Uh, so NXT, when they started the NXT brand, they're they only had they had all their wrestling matches at the NXT Performance Center in Orlando, and they wouldn't leave there. They just stayed right there. They didn't travel like Raw and SmackDown did. So the NBA kind of took the same type of uh, model and implemented it on there in in that sport in basketball uh, for, for this season, and just kept it in one place. Which that would make sense, but I mean, uh, cost effective wise, economically, it's it's a tough one. It is a tough one. I mean, given we all know most of their money comes from the con- the TV contracts, so that's mm-hmm. what they're concerned about. You know, it's trying to get it on so they can show it on the contracts and the networks. You're talking about billions of dollars in TV contracts here. But the small grouping allows that, like you said, with the wrestling. Even if you're doing an entire stable of wrestlers, you don't have more than 100 of them there. You know, if you have every player from the NBA in one area, you only have 300 players. There's only 30 teams. You only have 11 players per team. Hmm. So that's 300 players for the entire league. Football, you're talking about 30 teams at 56 players per team. How do you quarantine that many people? You can't. 
the logistics of it actually make it impossible. Mm -hmm. The NBA being a smaller team is actually logistically set up for that. You know, it's and because they had played through most of their season, they were able to do this bubble for a short period of time. I'm not quite so sure that the players would have agreed to being quarantined in the bubble for an entire year. I yeah. think we would I think we would have seen a missed season. So everything just lined up for the NBA to be able to do this properly. They have the right size, they have the amount of people that it makes it possible to keep everybody in one place and then on top of that they only had a shortened season and the playoffs to keep everybody quarantined for. True. Very true, very true on that. And speaking of the NBA and other sports news, it looks like uh, the Lakers are doing pretty well. I mean, they've won uh, playoff number 162 uh, as LeBron James blocks four shots in the first quarter. So, I mean, no other player in the N- in NBA history has more playoff victories uh, than you know than LeBron James. You know, uh, with the with the LA Lakers. I mean, they they beat they beat the Houston Rockets 112 to 102 uh, in Game Three. So now the Lakers are up two to one. It's possible Lakers might be going to the championship. It is very possible. Um, you know, they were the favorites before going into the bubble. Of course, because of the break and people coming back and playing hot, you definitely had a shakeup in who was looked at as one of the favorites. But the Lakers already polished them off in round one. The hottest team in the bubble was the Portland Trailblazers. And everybody was predicting that because of the the break and the Lakers looking a little rusty and Portland coming out so fierce that the Lakers were in trouble. Everybody said that Portland was going to take the Lakers down. That didn't happen. People have been talking like this about almost every team that LeBron James has been on in the last five years. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, even when he was back in Cleveland, even when he was back in Miami, even when they were the favorites, right before the playoffs, they'd always, oh, well, they're not winning all these games. They should. They're struggling. They're this. There were always questions. Then all of a sudden they get in the playoffs and they turn it on. You know, I mean... LeBron's been to how many straight finals? Oh, yeah. You know, before last year. I mean, it was ridiculous. So everybody's looking for the downfall, but it just doesn't seem to occur. Do the Lakers have the talent to win? Absolutely. And it seems to be coming together and clicking at the right time. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and, and the thing is that, uh, you know, I mean, LeBron was already number one uh, in career playoff scoring after, you know, he basically led all scores with 36 points. Um, in this particular case, he surpassed Derek Fisher uh, as far as, uh, you know, as far as uh, postseason wins, uh, you know, with 162. And, you know, he, they went ahead and they quoted him and he said, quote, it's something I never dreamed of. Um I never uh, came into the league as a kid saying, I want to be number one uh, in playoff wins. Uh, I always said, I want to be part, be a part of a winning culture and be a winning player and do whatever it takes to help my teammates win. And this is the result of it. So, I mean, he obviously he's, he's, he, he's a very, like, that's the thing I like about LeBron James is that he's a very matter of fact type of uh, person. Uh, he sees all these things as a matter of fact, and he's just like, you know what? It is what it it is what it is. I mean, 
I, I just I just want to play the game. <laughs> you know, I just want to be a winner. That's all that's all you want, which you know, I appreciate that, especially if you're gonna be playing for the Lakers. I mean, seeing as the Lakers have, you know, such a long history of being champions, of being winners. So, I mean, you know, props to that. And I'm very happy that uh, Lakers are going uh, more than likely. They're going to be going uh, into the championship. Hey, don't get ahead of yourself here. I mean, Houston come still on. Has Harden. No, 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 no. Houston still has Harden and a bunch of very good players, very solid players. They handed us our butts in game one. This is not over yet. Do it? Does it look good? And are we clicking? Absolutely. But you just don't want me is, to jinx it. <laughs> this is definitely not over. For you know, Houston has some firepower and can definitely make this difficult. Well, so now, one of the one of the good things is they went seven games in their series before. Hopefully, their legs are getting a little heavy. But I, I certainly have not written this off as a win yet. I mean, so and so far right now, it seems that, uh, you know, other other teams that are right now in contention, uh, you know, Toronto is is actually down one game against Boston. Uh, you know, right now they're going they're in a three and two right now. So that's that's what's going on there. Uh, the How fun are- would it be to smack Boston around? Oh, again? my God. Oh, that's music to my ears. Are you kidding me? I can't. Oh, I can't stand the Boston Celtics. <laughs> But then again, that's because I'm a LA Laker fan, and they're, they're our rivals. <laughs> and and talking about uh, crosstown rivals, uh, the Clippers are actually doing pretty well. They're actually uh, they're up, uh, you know, against uh, Denver, uh, two to one. So it's you know the, the these uh, these uh, playoffs are definitely shaping up to be something very interesting. And uh, you know we'll see who ends up in the championship, who ends up you know who's last man, last team standing. You know, when it comes to that. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Coming up next in video game news, we finally get a price for the Xbox Series X and a date of when it's going to be released. So we'll definitely, definitely talk a little bit about that. But first, here is John Doe's Gone right here on The Xander Effect. Yeah. You know, I really want to talk, but, um, you know, I ain't really trying to leave, but uh, I just got to let you know. Yeah. Speak on it. Uh, yeah. You thought that I stayed though. What? But girl, I don't play though. Huh? Thought I'd be all dried up like Play-Doh. Come on, one day someone gon' rain on your parade like it's May, but it feel like it's April. Huh? Plus, I got faith like potatoes. You got Jose like a Seiko. But one day, you gon' pay like pesos. The gunshot won't look fatal. Plus, you ain't got no one to blame it on. You can act like we both got something to say, though. Please, wait up. Did you think I would wait on everything you told me like back in Diego? Huh. Let go my ego, I'm still at the table. Waiting for syrup like maple. Hoping for courage like I'm in the ghetto. But... You know, you were so unfaithful Even though you cheated, gave you everything you needed You were still so ungrateful You look pretty in them play clothes But feel dirty in lingerie though John Doe, new clothes, no label Gone, 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 yeah I'll be leaving tonight I'll be leaving tonight This you gonna be alone, long, 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 yeah If you ain't treating me right If you ain't treating me right I can walk up out this house right now 
but I'd rather stay anime. Truth is, is we just can't agree. Hey, truth is, is we just cannot say. Sorry for everything we did on the way. You say that you forgive me and then have me explain what I did like a kid in a game. You say that our relationship is the way it is, huh? Cause my career's in the way. I can water all the flowers in your yard if I could put your tears in a vase. We could beat this thing, huh? If you could be a sneer in a vase. Put your head on a pillow, find a house on Zillow. So we can get away. Take the curls out your head, cause you never get it straight. You could be the judge, let me litigate. I could be the criminal, I never get away. After all these good years, you just let it go to waste. But just in case you forgot, here's a catalog of everything we did on the way. Here's a wedding dress for everything that we did on that day. Know that we can't keep on fighting like this no more. Hey, no more. You must know that I don't have no time for this, baby. No more. No more. You must know that we can't keep on fighting like this no more. Hey, no more. You must know that I don't have no time for this. Baby, no more, no more. I'm gone, 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 yeah. I'll be leaving tonight, I'll be leaving tonight. Cause you gon' be alone, long, 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 yeah. If you ain't treating me right, if you ain't treating me right. This is Larry Neymar, the founder of E! Entertainment Television. Hi, this is Maricela Cornejo. Hey, how's it going? This is Polo Molina. Hey, yo, what's up? This is the Xander Effect, and I am the DJ KID to Kick the Creek. Welcome to the place to be.
Xander Fact. In video game news, <laughs> Jeremy, we finally have an actual price and date for the next-gen console, at least for, for Microsoft. About time. Well, for Microsoft, PS5 still hasn't announced, uh, you know, Sony still hasn't announced their their price or anything. They were waiting for Xbox to flinch, and they did. Uh, Xbox, uh, Microsoft made their announcement uh, today, actually, saying that the Xbox Series X will cost, and it was rumored to cost this much, $499. Um, it is set to be released November 10th, uh, and uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be seeing the console come out. Uh, uh, there was also uh, talks that actually um, there's going to be um, uh, pre-orders uh, will actually start uh, September 22nd, and uh, there's also going to be options of you know buying the system outright. Uh, which will be, you know, available through the through uh, through monthly payments uh, as a part of uh, the Xbox All Access program. In in that's going to be available in twelve countries. Uh, it'll cost thirty five dollars a month for the Xbox Series X, uh, while the Xbox Series S will only be twenty five dollars a month. Now the Series S uh, that was actually uh, released. The announcement was released earlier this week. Uh, that one's going to cost two hundred and ninety nine dollars. Uh, which is going to be it's going to be that system's going to be digital only uh, you know it doesn't uh, support the the 4k resolution uh, and it includes a significantly weaker GPU uh, that only has a capability of four teraflops instead of the 12 teraflops for the Xbox Series X so but the CPU sim is very similar so I mean that's we finally got price 12 is both. more than four <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I kind of went cross-eyed when I, when I read that too. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I'm like, look, video games are played in this. Um, that's about as far as my expertise on that goes. Uh, so I mean, you know, the, the both uh, both the consoles look very different from each other. One of them is very small. The other one's very large. Um, so that's going to be very interesting. Now, now that we know the price and the date for this so now we just gotta wait for sony which i could almost you know guess that they're probably gonna make their announcement either next week or sometime before the end of the month that's my guess well Uh, that's generally what we see with these you know with the back and forth game between the two of them so well, I mean, they were waiting for, for Microsoft to flinch so that way they could go ahead and either uh, go for a lower price for their system or add some goodies to their system. We don't know yet. We, we don't know. So we'll, 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 we'll just have to go ahead and, uh, you know, keep a lookout for, for what Sony has in store for their next-gen console for the PS5. Uh, in other video game news, I, I went ahead and I bought, uh, you know, three games uh, this past week that just came out. I got uh, Madden 21, uh, The Avengers, and UFC 4. Now, my reviews for these three are very, they vary. Uh, as far as Madden 21 is concerned, uh, I'm going to have to give it a 6 out of 10, you know, on the Xander scale, because the thing is that, you know, they really haven't changed much of the of the game yes the 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 play the play calling is a little different uh from last year's version but uh the overall reason why it didn't i didn't give it a high rating is because of the glitch there's tons of glitches going on in this game that ea with the millions and millions of dollars that they that they get off of gamers should really consider to stop putting out a game that's not ready to be put out these glitches need to be fixed before the game is out come on ea you know get with the program the other the other problem that i have with this game is that well uh during during one of the plays uh which is like uh which is like a punt man safe return uh there's there's a portion where i was able in last year's game i was able to control my my strong safety in this one I can't control my strong safety or 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 my free safety for that matter. As soon as uh, as soon as a, a player is in play, they immediately go with this player. They they get stuck on him like glue, and I can't control him, which is BS. I mean, you know, give me a chance to go ahead and close and control this player. I, I don't like this. I really don't like the way this gameplay is. To be perfectly honest, I've gone to the settings, tried to go ahead and fix it. Nothing has worked, and. This is Paul. I, I just don't like the way uh, the way Madden 21 is played right now. That's definitely a feature that would bother me. Um, I do not like when games go backwards in playability. You know, it, the everybody seems to be striving for more flexibility. And like you said, if it's not giving you the option to take control of the players you want, that limits your flexibility and what you can do in the game. And since that's been a big part of Madden for so long, to see them go backwards on that is uh, is not encouraging. Yep. And I mean, yeah, that that's just something that that, uh, you know, needs to be fixed. Uh, the other thing, too, about it is that, uh, you know, 
the training points is a lot harder to come by uh, to go ahead and and uh, boost your players. Uh, you know, I mean, hopefully they change it in the next few months. But yeah, training points is uh, dude, it's so hard to find training points. You have to actually play so uh, you know the solo challenges in order to get uh, seventy or eighty overall players, so that way you could uh, sell them for training points because you can't get them any other way, and it's really annoying. Like they really made it hard for players to get training points. They really, EA really wants them to buy packs, which is BS. It's like, dude, you need, they need to stop doing that. Uh, I get it. It's a money game, but you know, they make enough. Stop being greedy. So that's, that's my review for Madden 21. Now, now I go on to UFC four, uh, UFC four. I got to tell you, good game. Uh, again, it's it's by EA, so not much changed with UFC four, except for obviously brand new fighters, a brand new career mode. Um, but uh, yeah, overall, I, I'd have to give it you know on the Xander scale, I have to give it probably yeah, I'd probably give it about a seven um, because not much again, not much has changed. They haven't really uh, made any improvements to it uh, for for the price. I mean, it's worth the price. It's only fifty nine ninety nine, you know, which is a regular price. There's no there's no uh, there's no deluxe pack or anything like that. Not like uh, Madden is. So, uh, you know, it's 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 an entertaining game, especially career. I love playing career mode on UFC mm-hmm. uh, because it's very entertaining. You know, the the stories that they go through. They did add some a really cool feature in the career mode, <clears throat> which is trash talking. You could actually uh, become rivals with another fighter uh, via social media. They actually added the social me- a social media feature to this, which is really cool um, because uh, there's, you know, you go through your career mode and then suddenly there's a fighter that uh, that you can either trash ta- tra- talk trash to or become friendly with. So they give you the option to go one way or the other. But what's, what's really, uh, you know, actually I'm going to change my rating to about uh, 7.5 because this these features actually were really cool about the game. Uh, the other the other feature is that during the loading screen, right before you go ahead and get into your fight, they show uh, social media videos uh, like ESPN at ESPN or whatever, and they show highlights of of, of uh, the 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 weigh-ins and stuff like that. So if your character is a rival with with the with the other fighter, you see them both try to go at it at the weigh-ins. Like you see them both try like nice really, touch. like go at it, which is really cool. They added they added that to it uh the other thing too is if if you're if your rival like if it's a really really super heated rival there's a there's a video of them at the commentary uh table watching you know the fights and then trying to go at it with each other at the commentary table and you see dana white in the middle trying to separate them at the commentary table which is really really it's a really cool little uh little addition that they added during the loading screen and then of course uh in the post fight loading screen you see uh espn well this is this is when you get to like the ufc championship level of the game where you you see uh, the highlights, the post-fight highlights of your of your knockouts or your submissions of the fight. So yeah, they, they added some really cool little features to it. Uh, but again, you know that one gets uh, seven point five from me. 
Uh, when things aren't updated that much and it feels like you're just playing last year's game, it doesn't give you a lot of incentive, you know, so I can understand the slightly lower. I mean, you know, the game mechanics are always going to be great, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, if it's if, it, if the update is not that new, I, I've never been a big fan of, you know, buying each and every year i, I want to i usually am a guy who waits until they've they've changed something significant yeah yeah and that's that's pretty much i mean you know as, i'll be honest i mean i really just buy uh i mean they haven't let me just put it this way the last ufc game came out a couple of years ago you think that they would have made some improvements and they didn't so it's kind of it's a little disappointing because it's been a couple of years since ufc came out with with uh with a game and you know it kind of sucks but you know what are you gonna do about it you know i mean i i like playing the career mode mostly anyway so for me that's entertaining the rest is just fun to play with you know here and there uh they also have uh online modes which um which I personally I haven't really tried yet because I'm I've been mainly uh, focused on the career mode, but the online mode never really appealed to me as it was even in the last UFC game. So I don't know, you know, because they try they try to do a lot of what uh, of what uh, uh, Madden does as well, you know, where you get your players, where you get your fighters, and you try to boost them up, and you know, you do solo battles, things like that. So you know, it's kind of, they kind of have the same this the same. Uh, the same roadmap anyway so but uh the final game that i that i reviewed was uh was the avengers uh marvel's avengers uh that one i that one's actually been uh truly entertaining how uh, did i know i i do big comic book nerd well you know what i mean I, on the xander scale i'm gonna have to give that one uh you know a nine you know, I, I actually, I'm really enjoying it. I still haven't finished yet. It's a little complex, though. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's a little complex. Uh, Square Enix is the, is the, uh, is the, is the company that uh, has created this game. And uh, it's, you know, it, it's very similar to, uh, to, to the, the, the Jedi game that uh, came out not too long ago. Um um, you know, the, the Jedi Fallen Order, and the thing is that it's very similar to Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, they, they developed it in a very similar manner. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, the way it goes is that it follows uh, it follows uh, Miss Marvel. It follows uh, how she became uh, how she became. Uh, I guess you might call her an inhuman. Uh, she has the ability to stretch, uh, similar to Mister Fantastic. Uh, which is weird because you know they they already have somebody that stretches in the comic verse, but you know it is you know that's how they have it uh, in this one, and uh, so far it seems that she's uh, part of some sort of uh, some sort of an inhuman resistance, and uh, she she got her powers when she was a little kid. It's it's uh, you know it's one of those things where it started off as she was a little child, and then five years later she's a part of a resistance. She's all she's a grown young woman looking for members of the. Avengers that have all disappeared and gone their separate ways after a huge incident happened uh, during uh, something called Avengers Day uh, to the point that uh, Captain America actually ends up getting killed in the very first uh, portion of the game. So, or supposedly killed. We still, I still don't know. I still haven't played through the entire thing, so I have no idea what's going to happen. But the game features, uh, it's, it's a, again, it's a little complex because 
you can actually play different characters as the story mode goes uh you're unlocking characters as you go along the first character that i unlocked was the hulk uh and now the second character that has been unlocked has been tony stark's uh iron man so those are the two characters that could actually go with you on missions uh or you could choose to play as them and then have miss uh, miss uh you know miss marvel join you on missions so it's it, you know that's that's how they have it set up right now uh the reason why it's so similar to jedi fallen order is because uh they have this uh, in jedi fallen order uh in order to go to your next mission you get on top you get on this map that has you know a holographic image of different worlds and you choose a world and then you know the 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 ship you know uh goes to that world uh hyperspace is hyperspeeds to that world um in in the avengers they have a similar system where they have the map of the world and you choose a part a part of the world that you want to go to and the queen jet takes you to that part of the world with your character uh so there's that there's that aspect that's similar to jedi fallen order another aspect that's similar to the jedi is uh the uh the the powering up your abilities uh, same thing as Jedi, you know, you have, uh, you know, skills, ability, skill points that you have to spend on each character's ability. So each character has a bunch of abilities that you need to power up to make them an even powerful character. But in addition to that, there's also the equipment. This is this is where it's actually a little bit different from Fallen Order is that each character has equipment that you can upgrade every single time to make them a better player. So they have that and they also have, uh, you know, uh, 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 chemistry that uh, that they added on there too, where you have to like, each character has a different type of equipment that creates a better chemistry for them, depending on the the, the other character that they're, that they're fighting against, that they're fighting with. So yeah, it's it gets it's really complicated. It's really complex. Say, I'm it still sounds I'm, very intricate, but it yeah. sounds cool. No, it's a really cool game. The story mode's really really fascinating so far. So far, I've gotten to the point where uh, they've met uh, uh, they've met uh, 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 Doctor Pym, uh, and Doctor Pym actually he's retired from being Ant Man, and he has joined the Resistance in in housing a bunch of Inhumans in a in a secret cave location. So that's where I'm at right now, where they actually, uh, you know, the, the the main headquarters of the character is uh, in a fallen, one of those fallen uh, uh, aircraft carriers that the Avengers were on. Uh, it was, it's an abandoned aircraft carrier. So that's one of the uh, one of the main headquarters for the characters. The other one has now become Dr. Pym's hideout. Uh, so that's another that's another um, that's another, uh, uh, you know, headquarters for this character. So, again, I'm still unlocking a lot of stuff. It's still a very long game. It's very detailed but yeah it's i again i gotta give it a nine because it's a really fun game so far so i don't know awesome. I, i'm gonna have to check it out yeah yeah i'd recommend it i definitely would recommend it that's the news in case you haven't heard it thank you so much for listening to xander fact uh you know uh, pre- we always appreciate everybody uh listening in again we're still in a pandemic please be safe out there remember to continue to wear your masks when going out remember to practice social distancing remember to wear goggles if you got them gloves if you got them and remember to protect each other jeremy thank you so much for joining me as usual Glad to be on as always, brother. Thanks you for listening. Liar. You, you, you're well, no, I like, you're such I a liar. Like, you don't like being here with me. 
I don't like being here with you, but I like being here for our listeners and getting to talk to them. I put up with you. Fine. I'll give you that one. <laughs> Love you, brother. Thanks for being on here again. Uh, you know, uh, our, our thoughts and prayers go to many people that are that are being affected by these wildfires that are going on right now. Scott Jacobs, you know, especially, you know, our, our thoughts and prayers go to him, his wife and, and whoever else is being affected right now. So, uh, you know, hopefully things will get better for them as well. And remember, music always, always heals all. We'll see you next time. Yo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, open them up. Yeah. Should it be something that's open them up? If it's like something, we're going to be out. And then there's something that's coming in out. And then there's something that's part of this topic. The Xander Effect is powered by 5050 Global Music Inc., Sony Music The Orchard, and BMG Bertelsmann, in association with Art19 Media.